everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Gaming Corner podcast. The times are changing, the console wars are raging, but you can always count on one thing. We'll be here to talk about it. I'm your host, Jeff, and joining me today is Daniel, a.k.a. Dance Warrior 777 Heyo! How's everybody doing today? I, I guess pretty good. How are you doing? You know, I woke up, uh, did a thing, and sat down. <laughs> Here I am. I I think that describes all of our days. But, you know, just to cover our bases, I do want to uh, introduce the rest of our cast. Adam, welcome to the show. Hello. He waving. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, Adam? (laughs) Ah, it's going pretty well. Oh, the lag. All right, great. And uh, getting ready for a turkey day. Uh, yeah, getting ready for Turkey Day. I'm excited. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, you know, Turkey Day will be just days away. But actually, we're just days away from it now. I'm excited. Turkey. Anyway, uh, also joining us for today's podcast is Henry. Welcome to the show, Henry. Hello. What's going on? You sound drastically I- different. Ah, uh, do I? You do. It must be must have been that cold medicine I took last week. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> or two that's weeks definitely ago. it. It's, it's gotta be it. It's I definitely not. Else. Yeah, it's definitely not the blue Yeti X you bought. What? Shh, no. <laughs> Speaking of, sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by Blue. Two of your four podcasters today are operating with blue microphones. Oh yeah. Just Please for, don't sue us. Just for clarification, we're not actually sponsored by Blue. Although that'd be awesome, Blue, if you want to toss us a bone, I wouldn't mind. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a cold day in hell if that happened. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it's getting a little bit nippy. It's a pleasure to have you guys here. That brings up Welcome a funny to, story. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining me for episode five oh. of the Gaming Corner podcast. Adam, what is that story? Does it have to do with our geometry class? It does have to do with our the geometry cold day in hell thing? class. Yeah. All right. I want to hear your recollection of this before we really get started. So <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> so Jeff and me sat next to each other in geometry class in high school. And I forget mm-hmm. precisely what was happening. We, were, we had some major assignment that we were working on. And I believe it was like due the next day or something like that. And it was like a assignment we were working well, on for several class, days. I think. Might have been end of yep. class. I don't remember, but it, it was no, because I think it was the next day, or I don't remember, but it might have been the either end of way. Class, we had a deadline right. coming up, and we were stressed about it. Yeah, yeah, and so he, and so our geometry professor, so Jeff asks me before class begins. He goes, "What do you think the chances are that he'll just let us sit here and work on our assignments for the class period and get help if we need it from him?" And I said, "It'll be a." <laughs> They'll be ice skating in hell, he goes, before that happens. Walks in a couple minutes later. Well, he goes, we're ahead on our lessons. You know, this we're ahead on our lessons right now. So I know you've got this big assignment coming up. He goes, if you want to, you can just work on it for this class period and come up and have, ask me any questions if you have it. And uh, <laughs> Jeff turns to me and says, I'll buy the skates Wanna or go something ice like that. <clears throat> yeah, that was the one. Oh, man. I, I'd almost yeah, I didn't crawl on that, that one. That- that's a very funny story. I love that. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, there's no yeah, way that's yeah. going to happen. I turned to Adam. 
So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, I know that wasn't video game related, but it was a very fun story. Anywho, let's get right into our first topic for today, guys. So the, uh, the new consoles, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S just came out. Also very known recently. as Seto Kaiba and the Fridge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, but those consoles came out recently. And uh, we actually have a viewer question that's um, relating to this, but we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Um, but that does bring up the conversation about the console wars. Yeah, I was going to say, let's... Dun, so, dun, so dun. should we just say the question now, and then this topic will s- set the stage for our answering of that question a little you later know what? on? Sure. Sure. So the, the we're going to do things a little out of order. Yeah, this um, is a little weird here, but it was a really good question. So, um, and to answer, <laughs> we need to to do so. So RetroDude asked, "What are our views on the new consoles, PS5, Xbox Series X, and that such?" And so, what we're going to talk about, um, first is sort of a very brief history. I'm sure most of, most of our listeners know it of the console generations. And um, some of the things that are ha- that have happened previously, and you know, what are the console wars, and how have they went, and and that kind of stuff, and then we, and that will set the stage nicely for us to answer that question a little later on. Yeah. So, I've got a, I've got a document here that pulls up the a brief history of the uh, console generation, starting with the first ones. We. Uh, uh, we had Atari, Coleco, Nintendo, and Magnavox all starting off with their first generation consoles. You think Home Pong? That's um, that was your first console gen- generation, and I'm not gonna speak too too much to that generation because obviously I wasn't around. But um, we'll move on to the second generation with Atari 2600, ColecoVision, uh, the Magnavox, Philips Odyssey, and the Mattel Intel uh, Intellivision. So at the very beginning, um, we've got these uh, four companies kind of duking it out. Uh, these were the days of the uh, arcade games. You go to a quarter or a nickel arcade and play video games for a while. And at this point, the Atari 2600 in particular was touting <laughs> that these arcade games could now be on your television at home. Uh, we move into the third generation. We've got Atari 7800 listed here. We've got the NES, Nintendo making their big debut, Video Pack, and the Master System from Sega. And this is where we see two of the big hitters for the next few generations really make their rise. We see the Nintendo with the NES, and we see Sega with the Master System. And uh, we go into the fourth generation with that. We've got the Super NES, the Philips CDI. Oh, oh boy. The Sega Genesis and the NEC Turbo Graphics, and then we head into the fifth console generation with Atari Jaguar, Nintendo 64, Sega Saturn, PCFX, and the PlayStation. So, you know, we're we're at five generations here, and Atari was a big name up to this point. Sega was a big name up to this point, but this is where we see their decline. Uh, we saw Atari's decline start earlier, but Sega's started here, fifth generation with the Sega Saturn. Move on to the sixth generation. 
we've got four uh we've got four console manufacturers nintendo with their gamecube sega with the dreamcast the last uh sega console ever created the sony playstation 2 and microsoft xbox and from here on out so we have a debut from microsoft and a dying gasp from sega yep and from here on out it's all nintendo sony and microsoft so just to set the stage uh that was to give you guys a little bit of an idea of kind of how much the uh console landscape and where the manufacturers have all gone like it's been an up and down for a lot of these companies Atari started off strong with their Atari 2600, arguably one of the most iconic video game systems of all time. We see Nintendo bring their NES in to save the uh, uh, gaming industry from the console crash of 1983. And then with the fifth generation, we see PlayStation make their rise. Of course. And they've been the top dog ever since. So that's kind of your brief history of the console wars. Um, so, how do we want to start this? That was that was the history. Uh, Dan, I want to give the floor to you. Uh, you mentioned at one point, I believe it was episode two, that you didn't think too highly of the console wars. So, I want to get your off-the-cuff thoughts first. What are your thoughts on the console wars? Well, Jeff, my thoughts on the console wars are... <laughs> well, now that I play PC a lot more... When I was younger, I did a lot of the consoles. The interesting fact I want to bring up is I'm I'm trying to figure out what sold better. Was it the consoles or the games made for the consoles? I think, honestly, that depended on uh, the period of time. Uh, In the second generation with Atari 2600... The idea was that you could play these these arcade games at home, and I believe Atari was the only place you could get them. Well, you know, right. bringing that kind of thought into mind, it's not much different than nowadays, where you hear people say, exclusives sell the consoles. Because so, we, we think a little bit later in the wars, after, you know, when Atari settled itself, but it didn't really progress, I should say, into the modern era well era well you have the playstation and well, the gamecube the uh, Atar- well, the NS, atari yes atari NS, has an interesting story of their fall coming up right before the nes like atari s- sort of caused the console crash that the nes had to bail people out of to, to the point where like Parents or grandparents called all video game consoles in the 90s Nintendos. Yeah. Whether they were, you know, actually a Nintendo console or not. It was just like the slang for video game console was a Nintendo. Kind of how Kung Fu or karate are synonymous with martial arts Mm. among a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. They're all the same thing. It's a Nintendo. Mom, yeah. this is a TurboGrafx-16. With your fists. Yeah. Just to point out, but what happened is, and there's a lot of different things that happened, but uh, there was also uh, the the E.T. game for Atari. Uh-huh. That's the that's the oh. infamous one. 
Yes, the the pretty much <laughs> undisputed worst game in history. I mean, mm. like pretty much the worst games. game in history. I mean, it, at least when they were killing people in the Coliseum, there might have been some sort of entertainment value levels of bad. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like oh, this. Th- th- that like puts it th- in perspective. Yeah, doesn't it just when I say worst game in history as opposed to worst video game? Definitely the worst video game and up there for worst game. Um, it was so bad that it just about single-handedly caused the video the console crash in America. So, essentially, they rushed out this game, which was just on the Atari, which was just so bad. Like, like you have to watch a review of it. I Like, I'm not going to go in. Like, I got an emulation of it at one point, and it was oh, like... Oh, you did? Yeah, and I thought my emulator was broken, and so I was like... <laughs> Like, literally, I thought the emulator was not working. Like, the emulator was having issues, and, like, I jumped on to, like, where I downloaded the emulation of it from. I don't even know if it's there anymore, because this was a while ago. This was quite a while ago. Um, and it was, uh, and they're, like, and, like, the, the, like, as soon as I opened the, like, the page, like, is the emulator not working? There was this, like, there was like the first frequently asked question is no this is how the et on atari actually worked oh, like it, no. it, it it was like yeah, just watch a review of it it is in just so bad like 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 you know how bad betas are like like betas or stuff that comes out on the the pre-release on steam is sometime like uncompletely useless like not a game at all I'll like your word for it this is, I mean, I don't actually buy pre-release games on C, but like, you've seen footage and stories and such. This is, this was worse. This is like a pre-alpha testing game levels of just, it was so bad. But like, people had pre-ordered it and bought it in huge numbers because it was E.T. It was the big name and it was for this console and it was so atrociously bad that people were like, we'll never touch this thing again. Like, I, like, I, I just had a thought of like oh. E.T. saying his signature, I'll be right here. And then he's pointing to like the dunes where all those copies of the games are buried. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's stuck here. Oh my God. It was like, it, it was so catastrophically bad that like, and, and at the time, Atari was the big name in in America. Especially and, with the 2600. That console was rocking. Yeah, th- like that was the thing. This was like the big name thing. And this was their exclusive Christmas release for the year. And it was so bad, people just like lost all faith. Just that like, led to the big video game crash of 1983. Yep. Like there's your there's your bit of history for the day, kids. Like I, I just I we cannot discuss this without me coming up, but just how like like I'm li- literally like, falling I, asleep. <laughs> I, Sorry. I don't know. I just oh, I literally oh, 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 no, watched a review yeah. of it. Whoops. Couldn't believe it. Found the emulator years ago. Tried it. Never mind. You were you were kind in the review, which was basically worst game of all time. I think you were too worst video game of all time. I think you were a little too kind there, folks. Like, 
like I, I think we're tarnishing the the term game by calling this a game. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is a game. There's a beginning. There's an end. Yes, and the end is when you, like when you pitch your controller clear across the room after about five <laughs> minutes trying to play it. Stupid one button and one okay. stick controller. I got off on the Stupid tangent there. But anyway, bad. point I was trying to say mm. is that that was like a catastrophic shift in in the video game market. Like Nintendo came in and like the perception of consumers in America, I know that was a very convoluted sentence, was so bad that Nintendo did not market it as a video game console. It was marketed as an entertainment system. Hence, like, Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, it, that's how tarnished the rep, like video game consoles. That's how tarnished their reputation was. That like Nintendo named it something else. So there you go. Video games kind of got off to a rocky start after, or like yeah, they had, no, they had a, a fine start. start. With they had a fine start, and then like, like how, how can I say this? Like the 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 baby started to climb out of the cradle and then just sort of broke its neck. Like, we got past infancy. What? We, we, we got past <laughs> infancy. Like, <laughs> the games market was <laughs> just starting and then sort of fell <laughs> out of the cradle and broke its neck when it was trying to take that next step. Oh, no, please, change <laughs> the analogy. No, no that's the we best had now, now I'm no. stuck here with this broken baby <laughs> and I can't return it, so, like, what the fuck? fuck but don't worry, the, the we Nintendo. have a miracle surgeon by the name of Nintendo. Yeah, then the Nintendo's NES. like emergency room surgeon, like the baby's in traction. They're trying to put the neck back together. It's hot mess and ever since then video games honestly um i think they fluctuated in popularity uh over the years but right now they're at an all-time high i think they've doubled the movie industry before all this you know covid stuff uh i think that they i think that they doubled what the uh what the movie industry was doing so there's no question video games are a popular media thank goodness that bounce back happened in 1985 I'm sorry though, we've gotten way off track. Um, Have so, we though? Yeah, we've mostly stayed in the history of the uh, console wars and what led to it. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're not. Well. H- how can I say we're not wildly off track? But we went kind of like the track was going along. We kind of went down a real deep crevasse that was still technically on the path, but like. We were on the path and we saw Burger King and we're like, whoa! Yeah, we lingered a little Let's too long on one section we of trail. one of their suicide burgers, the sick tuplet hamburger. That was a great decision and you know it, Jeff. You know no, what? I have, no, it wasn't. I have no regrets. Oh, I ate it. Well, it took two meals, but I ate it. There My roommate Jared ate the whole thing. There you go. The value. That, that man couldn't for a week. So one thing I, I do oh, want to point no. out here is that um you know there were there were always at least three consoles back then. Three consoles for each generation at least. And I I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's some on this list that aren't well listed. Uh I think Atari had another one between their second and third generation. It was like the Atari 5200 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um I think you're right. Yeah. But there's yeah. always been these companies competing with one another. Um, and their strategies for for getting ahead of their competitors, mm-hmm. it, that the important factors of what makes a game console appeal to the consumers has changed a lot over the years. 
Well, and the technology I, that underwrites it has changed a lot over the years. Right, and I feel like there are some console manufacturers that just couldn't keep up or figure out like what it is that their uh, their consumers really wanted, and just ended up dropping out. I mean, Nintendo almost did that with uh, what the. They've done that a couple times. They've done that a couple of times. Most recently, we could discuss the the Wii U and and how yes. that flopped. But like I was speci- well, I was specifically to your thing about times moving on, technology changing. N sixty four, where yes, they yeah. were they were like with the SNES, they or the yeah the SNES, they were on top like. Like, literally, grandmas called all game consoles Nintendos. Like, that's how ubiquitous they were. Like, how mm-hmm. dominant they were. So, like, they they were in, like, absolute, you know, dang near absolute control of the market. And then they didn't switch to CDs, to discs, when everyone else did. That's they right. The N64 was still cartridge-based. And, and I believe that the maximum capacity for those things was 64 megabytes. Meanwhile, PlayStation rolled in with their with their CDs that had hundreds of megabytes available yeah. on there. And um, CDs are reprogrammable. Well, not well, all of them. Well, not but. all of them, but you can have a rewritable CD. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a rewritable cartridge. Read only memory. Yep, cartridges read only memory, which means that when you're trial testing your game, it's like if if you know using a pencil and paper. Or if using pencil and paper is a CD, then a cartridge is chiseling it onto a stone tablet. Like, oh, I made an error. Get me a new stone tablet. <laughs> um, yeah, so, much. like, <laughs> that's how the original Bible was actually passed so, on, generation to generation. Here you go, Moses. Yeah, but <laughs> permanence, I mean, yes. But like when you're trying to iterate close. and program a game, it's much harder to develop. Um, the, the it's much harder to develop a game for a cartridge than it is for like a CD. And it turned out that the fifth generation was going to be decided by the um, third party developers for the most part. Not and one game in particular, uh, really, uh, made a lot of people side with Sony as opposed to Nintendo, and that was Final Fantasy VII. That game was going to be on the Nintendo sixty four, but then Sony had their CDs with hundreds of megabytes of available storage. That made all the difference. Yep. And mm-hmm. and as a result, you know, even to this day, Square Enix is not like one of sony's first party developers or anything but i feel like final fantasy is still largely seen as a sony ip as a result of its prominence on the playstation systems back uh, in the fifth and sixth generations yeah Uh, and before that third party developers developed for nintendo but they all left ship on the end not all many one and uh, one through six were all on nes and snes they all and jumped then, ship to the PlayStation, and it ended up being the third-party developers which decided that generation. Not that there weren't great games on the N64. There were, mm-hmm. but they weren't um, – but they just weren't – the game – like, PS, the PS, the PlayStation just completely smashed. They killed it. Absolutely killed it. They mm-hmm. sold over 100 million units to that generation with a PlayStation 1. Uh, I think Woo. Nintendo sold – 
forty two million. Forty nine point two copies. No, I'm sorry. That's the Super NES. Thirty two point nine three million units two for the N sixty four. Whereas the PlayStation sold hundred and two point four nine million. Yeah. Over so, three times the amount. Yeah. And, as a and, result of that uh, format. Yeah, and, and important and it's very important to note those numbers. The fifth generation with the with the move to CDs and everything marked a relatively large upswing in players. In in like we saw that like the most sold of the previous generation was about forty two thousand, and all of a sudden the most sold jumps to forty two thousand forty two million jumps to a hundred million, and a d- brand new console to boot. So like there's a lot of like the 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 market expanded rapidly too and nintendo lost share in an expanding market like absolutely they, they lost absolute numbers in a, they lost like how because they lost absolute numbers in an expanding market so their loss of market share was catastrophically high mm-hmm. like they went from i don't know what the precise numbers were and i'm not going to bother checking but they went from like a huge like dominating it to like a tiny chunk so yeah like this didn't kill them. They still had good games and stuff. It's just that they, like, n- developers not keeping up with the times. Like that was that. That's one of the ones that I like. Is easy for everyone to think about because those con- That's a those are known consoles to compare to, and just they didn't make that switch, and so they they were left behind. Mm-hmm. Boy, that was a pun I didn't intend at all, folks. <laughs> make that switch. <clears throat> Oh, there you go. Ah, ah, ah. There it is. Ah, that's a good one. Now, I feel ah. bad. Uh, Adam and I have been the prominent talkers here. I want to give Dan and Henry a chance to, to throw their hat in the ring. <laughs> oh, no. Keep talking. I'm just sitting here, you know, just... just so, dive. so, so basi- making- <laughs> basically, we're up to the fifth generation here. Anything you want to... Because I know that we, we jump in in the sixth generation. Like, our fir- like that's when, like, we were like je- like that was when me and daniel started playing on consoles yeah so it should anything- be noticed it should be noted that we're all in our mid to late 20s and uh you I know am? this this fifth generation <laughs> is well technically i jumped in at the fourth generation with the super nintendo but you jumped in at fourth not sure about hen i know daniel and me were sixth but yeah this mm-hmm. is about where we jump in mm-hmm. and where we actually start having personal experiences before so that, we get to that, though, yeah. uh, Dan, do you, you were you were mentioning something about games before. Like, what is oh it that Lord? <laughs> what what is it that brings uh, a customer to a game console? You were talking about it being the games, I believe. Yeah, that it comes to the very interesting debate that I feel earlier games, the consoles. They tried to advertise, but one console to the next didn't have a huge edge on each other, which later down the line, I feel Nintendo went the destination in which they tried to give as many edges as uh, possible to um, to try and spice things up, to, to change it where they were. Because if we remember during the console the the you know the huge console wars where there was like fifty consoles we could always think of the Jaguar, which the Jaguar you know 
had all oh, better processing and how did they advertise it? What was they it? advertised it as sixty-four bit processing. That's it. Sixty-four bit processing. And they're like, this oh. is greater than thirty-two bits of processing. Looking at you, Sega Genesis. Or was it sixteen gigabytes <laughs> or, or sixteen gigabytes? <laughs> Mine. Gosh, sixteen bits of processing power. Take that, Super uh-huh. Nintendo. We're obviously better. We have sixty-four bits. And if you remember, even though they had sixty-four bits, they really no one developed any games for them. <laughs> and then <laughs> and take, it just take a guess as to how, how many flopped. units the Atari Jaguar sold. Oh gosh, a thousand. This, well, not quite that low. They were two hundred fifty thousand. Meanwhile, oh. the next runner-up was the Sega Saturn at 9.26 million. Oh, <laughs> Poor Atari. Got fucking Slight. blown out of the water. I, I, guess, <gasps> I guess numbers aren't everything. That's a theme we're going to talk about later. I don't want it to be. It is, Henry. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's, it's an interest. I, I think a, a point to bring up from this is I think Nintendo changed their philosophy after the like N64 and that whole issue where like they're like they built the N64 and they were they were basically like a worse version of the PlayStation for develop for third party developers and type stuff and so after that they had this idea of we need something to be they, they need some I don't want to say gimmick. They need something unique about their consoles that will set them apart and sell them. Yes. And so that's like one way of putting it. with the mini ga- discs and the weird controller, whatever. But then the Wii, and then a sense that they just sort of like left field. Here we come. Yeah. Let's go. I, I'd say that Super Nintendo was Nintendo's last great attempt at the, what I want to call the power race where they, um, they were relying on their consoles power to really propel them forward. As well as their first party games, but you know that, that's the, the other shift between the fourth and fifth generation is that the fourth generation was about first party mascot games. Yeah, your Mario's, your Sonics, Mario, Sonic being the the you know obvious comparisons, and then the next generation, the fifth one, was dominated by third party developers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'd still say that um, early in the fifth generation, they were dominated by mascots. Well, well, they still had mascot games, but the overall, the fifth generation like, was Does anyone remember those commercials about Crash Bandicoot going to Nintendo headquarters? Hey oh, yeah, there, my mustache man. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to eat your lunch. the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dude, was, that shit is mint. That was magical. So I'd say the mascots were still important at that point, but you know later in the later down the line, the third parties really were what made the difference. Mm-hmm. Staying power, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but but I, th- I think I think part of that shift on Nintendo's part, and this is pure speculation, is because they're not really a tech company. Well, I mean they are now, but like think Nintendo about Nintendo is primarily with like, a toy company. Yeah, th- that's what they started out as. They're, playing cards they're competing with like sony and microsoft who are tech, they're tech giants like they can they essentially could in-house build really high-tech consoles with their own proprietary like you know exactly. microchips and like, stuff I, I can't really think of two words that go together better than microsoft and windows yeah i know seriously like it's yeah and so they had access to like they could make 
consoles that had newer, stronger, more powerful because they were the people that were making those newer, powerful processors and they could put them in. Not necessarily a perfect one-to-one there because there are like we're talking there are other companies that make the chips, but you get the idea. They're more in that realm where it would be a little harder for like Nintendo to fight in that that ring as compared to like Sony or or Microsoft. Yeah, kind of hard for the company that got started out with its playing cards to compete with the company that makes cameras and TVs. Yeah, in the realm of pure performance or like yeah, when it comes to the power of their race. computer, but they've done a very good job of competing in the realm of making games. Different oh, sure. you know, different and- approach. You know, they're coming at the issue from a slightly different perspective, I think. But we've been talking over Henry. Henry, do you have anything to to add to the fifth generation in previous discussion? Any in regards points? to what the console wars and all that fun yeah, stuff? All that just stuff. Like... Because we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> move into the stuff that we have more personal experience with. I mean, shortly. realistically, like early gen consoles, the the big hype with them was the fact is that you get to now play your video games in your house. Mm-hmm. Whereas they used to be the arcade games that you'd have to go out and then put the coins in the arcade machines, play until you die or some bullshit time limit. And then, all right, either pay more money or get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> get now it's, like, hey. it's like, Oh my God, these things, I can have an arcade in my house plugged into my television. Hell Yeah. So it was a pretty big hype, but even then they had a lot of resistance and stuff. Um, what was it? I think a big big thing that um, <clears throat> video games in the early era had to do was like make their systems like um, not the systems, but the games be like um, educational in a sense as a as a selling point uh, for families to pick up on because otherwise the marketing wasn't really there and they. We're getting pushed back on that. So then once when the games became a little bit more mainstreamy, that's when they started going with like the um, TV shows and shit like that. It was, it was just to catch a better audience. Then it's like, hey, check this out. Now you get to experience it firsthand. But then once when Sony pretty much branched off from Nintendo for their console with the PS1 and Nintendo 64 is when consoles really started pushing into like a competitive scene. I'd almost argue that that really competitive scene started with the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. I mean, the legendary uh, advertisements of Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Nintendo. There was definitely huh. a lot of competition in the like wild, wild west of early video game consoles where they're like coming out with home consoles, but like. But that really did hit a like to Henry's point. That really did hit ahead when it got to be more mainstream, less taboo. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're getting at, right, Henry? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But then after that, it just became like the big three still at that point because I'm pretty sure Sega at that point really wasn't. We got Relevant? Sega for we got Sega for one more generation. So yeah, what the Dreamcast, right? That's exactly right. So let's go ahead and roll into that sixth generation, shall we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sixth generation started out with a Dreamcast. I believe it was released in the year two thousand. I, f- I forget what the exact date was, but I re- I know that a lot of Sega fans had like nine nine 
2000 written on their calendars that that was a huge thing for them they were super excited about the dreamcast and i do want to touch on this a little bit later but suffice it to say the dreamcast it's almost inexplicable why it failed so hard um i almost think it's because of the failure of the sega saturn that left a bad taste in people's mouth but the dreamcast sold 9.13 million units. Not anything really to scoff at too terribly, especially considering the Atari Jaguar we mentioned earlier. But that was the nail in Sega's coffin. And roughly uh, a year later or so is when the GameCube, the PlayStation 2, and the Xbox came out. Now, all of you guys had PlayStation 2s, if I if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. So, what would you say really characterized that generation for you? What what was the thing that really drove the console war that generation? The console war? Yeah. There, it, oh! Discounting the Dreamcast, unfortunately. We have the GameCube, PlayStation 2, it's funny. We, we think and the of, Xbox. We think of, like, it's a three or four horse race, and technically there were five or six Surely. horses, if, you know, well... Yeah, two of them were sickly, though. I was, uh, was going to say, no you one can really count them in the them. race if, you know, propped up by some boards and an IV drip is in the race. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're just kind of ca- catching the highlights here. Um, you know, I, I do want to state one statistic here that I think is going to be really relevant in the discussion after we pass through our history overview of the console wars. Okay. We've got the GameCube was the bottom dog of those three at 21.74 million units. The yeah, Xbox. Like, like, look at look at that trend for Nintendo. SNES was at like 40 million NES, units sold. Yeah, the NES was at 62, 62 million units. The Super yeah, NES, 49 million. Nintendo 64, 34 million, 33 million, and GameCube, 21.74 million. It's a slow, it's not a, exactly a slow decline, it, but it's a very drastic decline. Yeah. They were and king at of the, the same hill for time, a long time. If, I believe the market share from fifth to fourth to fifth, fourth to sixth is going up. Like overall consoles bought, the number is going up. And Nintendo sure, is losing sure. consoles generation. So. But moving on, the GameCube, 21.74 million units. The Xbox, new kid on the block, 24 million units, outsold Nintendo's GameCube, which is their fourth foray into the console's game space. Mm-hmm. Finally, again, those two are roughly similar. Around mid-20 million consoles sold. PlayStation 2, best-selling video game console of all time at 155 million units. That race was oh. not even close. Good. That actually that actually raises an interesting question though. Why did the PlayStation do so well? I think it was a combination of the fact that they made a strong name for themselves with the original PlayStation, had a lot of repeat customers, but I think repeat the compatibility too. That was Yeah, backwards, backwards compatibility was a huge thing. Yeah. And um there's another thing that I think made a big difference. Their multimedia has always been on point. Sony's multimedia game is very strong. This was at the time when DVD players were relatively new, quite expensive, 
That's right. And the PlayStation 2 came out. And it can play play DVDs. And the PlayStation 2, I believe, was cheaper than most DVD players at the time. Yes, because... Meaning it was a no-brainer. Like, hey, I want to watch movies. May as well let my kids play video games, too, as while we're at it. And it's cheaper. It was an absolute no-brainer. And also, their exclusive games were pretty on point that generation, too. You've got the classics of Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. Oh, yeah. and, and I oh. think it's an important to oh. note that Sony had made the name for themselves with the PlayStation. And then there was definitely, definitely the DVD player was a huge issue. But also, all these, like, series that had, like, one or two installments on PS1 followed Sony to PS2 and made, like, third and fourth installments. And so, like, there were all these series of games that people wanted to play that all came with Sony into the next generation. Sony so, was playing the Nintendo game with their mm-hmm. game franchises at that point. They yeah. had and it, recognizable and, franchises that mm-hmm. carried over and really was the reason a lot of people bought these. And important to note, these were almost entirely third-party franchises, not... Yes, Sony does not, not have party. a lot of first-party stuff. Like These, mm-hmm. are, Sony, these are independent... It, it kind Not of the difference we're saying Nintendo comes at it from the game side, makes good games. Sony comes at it from the tech side, don't make very many games. Th- that's a good point. I kind of overshadowed, like, I, I kind of overstepped that. Um, Sony does not make games themselves. They don't, they're not a first party. Um, they out- but they make bitchin' <laughs> consoles. Developer. Yeah, developer. But they make darn good consoles. Like, and from they a te- have a very strong name. Yeah, not from a sense of like how many. Yes, from the sense of how many it sold in this case, but like from the, like the a technical standpoint of like it's also a DVD player and it yes, you know yeah. cooks your cooks dinner for your family and breakfast for your children before you wake. Like it does a lot of things and it does them well. They tend to be reliable. Can you know comparatively mm-hmm. looking at you Xbox 360 and. Uh, <laughs> We'll get to that. Yeah. And like, so like as a, like from a, this brick of hardware is well put together and thought out, you know, they do a very good job, but they're not a game company really. And so they have other people, you know, these third parties. And in that generation moving from fifth to sixth, they had these third parties, you know, making these studios that essentially Instead of they had a flagship like the Mario, like a Nintendo style, they had all these third-party studios, which were basically riding the Sony wave, like, and it was their flagship characters for this studio, and they were making them for Sony still. Mm -hmm. Now, before we move on to the seventh generation, I want to get Daniel and Henry's thoughts. Yes, Daniel, you first. Given those on what exactly? (laughs) Given those statistics. Yeah. <laughs> what what do you think? Like game and like Nintendo was starting to crash and burn. Xbox was the new kid on the block and kind of came in with a big entrance, but PlayStation 2 still the biggest seller of all time. Do you have any thoughts on that? Even when given your personal my, experience. Well, when it comes to my thoughts, well, my personal experience, I've never when I was younger I didn't play Xbox. I didn't play Nintendo. My first console was uh, play, a PS2, mm-hmm. and I lived off of it for oh my gosh, my, almost my entire high school. Many years. And then every Black Friday, I <laughs> I picked up a new console. <laughs> well, that's that's not true. When I went to um, when Adam went to college, 
he got when he got his laptop, he got a free Xbox with Skyrim. That's or what I got Xbox, Xbox 360. 360. It was the I, like the the smaller black version, which didn't have any frills. It was like the yeah, the slim one, the the basic mm-hmm. Xbox 360 version, the little black one. We my laptop was and was very. I'm still on it. I still have it and using it. Nine Gosh, things on life support. Nine years later, and Ugh, it's a very good laptop. Up. But at the time, it was quite expensive. But it came with a free Xbox 360, and so I gave that to Daniel. <laughs> I, I haven't had to what buy a good any of my consoles except my um, my PC. That was the first thing I've ever bought. Even then, that was free. Going off to engineering but, college, but like I had time on, to play games. When I played the PS, uh, the PlayStation Two. I typically had a lot of adventure games, and I would play it by myself. But I never really competed with the other. I never really compared it with the other systems. The only time I really compared it with the other systems was when I would go over to my friend Tyler's house, and he had his cousin Xbox. And thank you, Adam. We were also also friends, but yeah, cousin first removed. (laughs) We're being technical here. He, his system, we had games, we could play Call of Duty, and Halo, and games like that, that were multiplayer. And then when I'd go home, and I'd, you know, play my PlayStation games, I noticed quite a few of the PlayStation games that I had, that they were popular games, they weren't off offshoots or whatnot, you know, away from the mainstream, really didn't have a multiplayer feature to them. And that that's how I've always felt during the sort of the PlayStation, Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation 3, Xbox One, during that era, it, it felt like this strange divide of PlayStation creates these really good single-player experiences where Xbox created these uh, multiplayer experiences. And then <laughs> the hilarity of watching each of those companies go, oh, well, we can do what that guy does. <laughs> God, the PlayStation Network. Oh, does anyone remember that? <laughs> I remember there being yeah. some weird dongle that connected to the internet. Oh, there was that. That's true. But when PlayStation was first getting started in their multiplayer, so PlayStation wasn't too, you know, great at the multiplayer experience, but they, you know, you could do screen share if you had a friend over. Split screen. Split screen, but mainly their games were made for one person who's at home. That wanted to play a game where Xbox tried to do the multiplayer, go big or go home. That's an excellent point. Do Do you think that um Microsoft did that to really carve a name for themselves? I think Microsoft went that route to provide a service that Sony didn't really focus on. I I because oh, I feel Sony went really hard into story. And sort of the game design and sort of getting companies like that to create for them. Whereas Xbox, um, the games that became popular for them, uh, Halo, oh gosh, <laughs> Halo, everything else, <laughs> giant bubble. And yeah, I, I don't really know too much X- of Xbox's offerings at that time, to be honest and, with and you. And Xbox went down a route, which I will, I'm going to say early Xbox, they had some. They had quite a few multiplayer that became popular, and so they expanded on it by allowing more people to play together, and so their games were 
to a sense, a little more multiplayer oriented. Even on the Xbox 360, um, you're allowed to... We should know that this is Mm -hmm. our, and I share this impression, this is our impression of that generation. This might not be true for the overall stats. It's just that we would go over to our Tyler's house, a friend's house, and play and play multiplayer games with him on his Xbox. But when we were at home, we'd be playing single player games. Daniel would be playing, and I'd be sitting there over his shoulder, solving the puzzles and critiquing. Solving the puzzles and critiquing? You mean nagging me over the most basic sh- known to man? Yes, as you proceed to not do it, there is a reason we gave you advanced wars on on the Game Boy Advance, Adam. (laughs) For reference. (laughs) Huh? I said for reference, go check out our Ratchet & Clank and Sly Cooper playthroughs on our Volatile Upgrade YouTube channel. Oh, what was the one where I was on a roll? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. No, no, you... Well, uh, yes, but no, you and me were live streaming something, and... You were sitting there, and I'm like, I was practically sitting there with like sheets of paper, like fucking puzzle solving over here, and you're like trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, press that button. You're like, why? Well, I could explain it, or you could just do it. Ding. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I feel like that must have been Uncharted three. I think you're right. Or Uncharted I think it was, two. It was it was one of the Uncharted's. It was one or two, and it was just like you were so busy trying to like not die and like play the levels that you couldn't like deal with the puzzles. So I'm sitting there just like ignoring everything. Like, oh, I saw a clue whip by in the corner of the screen as he was dodge rolling. I think it means that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, all right. Well, Dan. Right well, Dan, those you are all continue, good thoughts. Which, which is interesting because. The Uncharted series is, if I remember, a PlayStation exclusive series. Yeah. For the PS3. Which, hilariously, have you. Hey, hey, Jeff, want me to tell you a secret? Let me tell you a secret. Did you know the Uncharted games have a multiplayer mode? Say it isn't so. Just think about that. Did you even know that? First yeah, I off. Knew that. You knew that? Yeah. Would you play it? No, heck no. No. What? No, I wouldn't play it. I'm not a multiplayer guy. Well, that that is a very true statement, but like so the Sony games, I feel are catered more towards the single player experience with outlets to try and facilitate the multiplayer environment. Whereas Xbox, I feel in the later generations, just some of their most popular games were just Gears of War. Hey, Come over here. We're about to try and survive the apocalypse with nothing more than an assault rifle and a shotgun. Oh my gosh. Me and Adam in horde mode. We love horde mode. It was so fun. Oh. Alright, well, before we get to ensconced in the seventh generation there, Dan, I want to pass off the torch. That was, to the- that was the sixth generation. That's the seventh. PlayStation 3 is the seventh. Nope, that was Xbox 360. Port, uh, Gears of War, uh, Halo. I think some of the Call of Duties were some of the Call of Duty. I think is a multi, actually a multimedia franchise, right? Uh, well, to get back to the generation talk, Halo right. was introduced in the sixth generation of consoles on the Xbox. Um, the Xbox 360 is the seventh generation of consoles. Really. Yes, so before we move on to the 7th generation of consoles, I want to give Henry the conch. 
Any ah. thoughts on the sixth generation of consoles there, Hen? Man, those readers. things were cool. <laughs> yeah, they were. All right, everyone, back to Daniel. <laughs> <clears throat> no, um, I don't know. In my mind, like, <clears throat> I don't know why the, the GameCube was such a flop the way it was. Uh, maybe the, <clears throat> I, I'm sure the reason, like, why Sony, as you guys said, like, flew far ahead of the other two consoles because it was able to be like a multimedia uh device being able to watch like dvds cds and then also play video games on it it just did everything that you would want at that time plus it had the backwards compatibility which is just amazing in general so that way like oh my ps1's dying but hey i got this ps2 that can just as easily play all these games i've already purchased so i don't have to do anything with those and um the the ps2 just lets you um in my mind, at least, like, single-player games, big stories, f- just fun environment kind of thing. Whereas, like, Microsoft definitely kind of, it feels like when they came into it, they went for more of, like, a uh, multiplayer kind of scene with, like, the first-person shooters and everything. So they went more for, like, the online-based gameplay, but at that time, n- internet was a big thing where I'm pretty sure it was probably what dial up at uh, that point, which isn't exactly satellite. the most reliable, which, Oh Jesus Christ. You want to talk about high ping and low response Whoa. time? Like Jesus. Right. Dude, for like, us in the boonies. I, yes. I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember those well, commercials. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just going to be high latency no matter what. I remember those commercials of, I don't know if this was Xbox or Xbox 360, but there were those commercials of the Xbox Live service. And the guy was like, he was wearing the earpiece with the microphone. He's like, dude, I can hear them and they can hear me. It was like this huge thing for them. Well, that's huge. It's big. That's the first time you were able to communicate with people who were playing in a multiplayer game. But once again, you said Xbox or Xbox 360. That was, that was like the multiplayer platform at that time. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. What? which is what what they were going for which is fair and they blew up once when like networking and everything became a little bit more reliable and they became more uh set in what their what their goals were with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but um jesus christ can we talk about like the different controller designs that's after oh I talk about like like God, after i talk yeah. about gamecube where it was like gamecube was fun if you look at it now, it has so many gems of video games, and they are just the most impossible thing to play at this day and age. <laughs> it's just the worst. Well, like what's funny me- is- like melee or fucking um uh what the hell else was on there? Sunshine, Mario Sunshine. That was also a fucking game that if you didn't have it for GameCube, you'd have to like emulate it until recently, which even then that's a limited thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you say different controller designs, I just thought, I I still have flashbacks to Vietnam whenever the controller tells me to press the X button. Dude, it's bad. <laughs> every, every single one has an X button, but they're all in different locations. It's insane. <laughs> it's oh, like, congratulations, shit. you guys literally fucked your entire, like, player base. Although, hang on, Sony has recently come out and said that their button that looks like an X never was the X button. It's the, it cross, the cross button. Yes. <laughs> it's hey, got the triangle, guys, square, awesome. circle. It doesn't make sense to have the other one be an, uh, an alphabetical character. It's a cross. Yeah, so get fucked, everyone. It even says in... <laughs> it even, yeah, exactly. It even says in Cuphead, like, when you sync up a PS4 controller, hit cross. I'm like, what the heck is that? 
Is that the start <sighs> button? Oh no, wait, that's Xbox. They know. Shit. <laughs> Dude, but that was like besides the like shitty X placements, like PlayStation Two had very comfortable controller at the time. The the Xbox had the fucking oh, what do they call? It? I think the it was Duke. like a Juke. Duke, that's it. The Duke controller, which I still have an Xbox and I still have that controller. Oh that thing I is I want to come a, over to your house now. <laughs> dude, that thing is a fucking beast of a controller. Like if you had little hands, you felt like small with that. Like Hi, I'm Jeff. It's I insane. have baby hands. It is such a thick controller, but I love it. Um, probably lasted forever. <laughs> and then there's like the fucking GameCube, which was just fucking something. <laughs> what were they <laughs> drinking when they came up with that? It just, it, they, they Have you had a design and then somebody like left it out and then it just started melting over a fucking open flame and then they came back the next day or after lunch and like, holy shit, look at it, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but real talk, have you guys held a GameCube controller? That thing is so comfortable. No, 100%. It's crazy. Like, that's... That controller type is what I still prefer to use when playing like any of the the uh, Super Smash games. Oh, anybody does. Like I, I can lie. see why, Every- like why, like there are reasons why that controller. Just like the difference between them is just like, is this a weapon? Am I supposed to like mount this on the spear and throw it? I just thought of one more thing, guys. Yeah, it's a Tie well, Fighter. <laughs> while we're while we're talking about the controllers, Henry, you are the yeah. one with the Duke. Did the Duke yeah. have? analog triggers i'm pretty sure it did that would make sony the only one that did not have analog triggers that generation <gasps> i don't think they still do just to point that, that out there buttons. and yet no, no, i'm like, thinking of triggers but no, they, they do. have buttons they do for everything they finally do PlayStation. the playstation 3 had buttons not trigger yeah the playstation 3 had analog buttons oh but- my god i remember because i had to- um, someone got me Black Ops um, Ghost for the PlayStation. Press that the cross button down halfway. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Here's the experience I had. Ready? Do you guys know when you play when you play shooters, the triggers are usually the shoot buttons, the shoot and aim buttons, right? Yeah. And the tops are the bumpers are usually like grenade or special equipment. They're they're out. They're kind of like out of the way. So you're not really thinking about it because usually you're pulling the trigger with your triggers and usually when you're not shooting, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to throw a grenade. You know, you're not usually like trying to throw a grenade while you're, get ready for this. Sony, I don't know why this is the default commands, but it's backwards. Fucking backwards. And when I mean backwards, I mean shoot it, shoot and aim are the bumpers. And grenade <laughs> and like equipment are the triggers. Oh. <laughs> someone just died i vomited <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'm not joking ask anyone that's played a playstation like playstation i, I think shooter, I, I think i tried that's like their preferred like, why did because they do this? because the buttons in the back are so fucking uncomfortable to uh, be now, yes. now, now i just have to cut this in uh, you know what one of the greatest advances in video game technology was trigger switches remappable buttons <laughs> Ah, ah something that, that, that I, as a Nintendo gamer, still don't know exists. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's actually pretty funny. What's I shouldn't say that is um, that goes to a whole another topic, but I'm going to touch that topic just a touch so that we can no. officially put it in our idea list. Don't you touch it? When it comes to renappable buttons, that enters the um, 
the adaptivity and the accessibility of video games in that topic. When it comes to individuals with colorblindness or limited range of motion, it is important for them to have the ability to map buttons to what's more comfortable. Like, if you're playing a platformer and you have to keep jumping, but your thumb is... Like, there's an issue with your thumb where you can't press it really quickly. So, having the power to remap it so that, say, like, your trigger finger is on the jump during a platformer so that you could use it more so your thumb doesn't get as strained if it has issues is a huge important thing for accessibility. Mm-hmm. That accessibility yes. is sort of my topic. I actually have a, a thing here for my stream, if it ever if my stream becomes popular, in which I have challenges based on different physical and mental illnesses to showcase them. Like, one of them is input error. I, I, I did this for the Spyro game. I got to finish it. Beat Spyro 1 in which every input is randomized on your keyboard. Oh, I think I saw you stream that once. Oh, my gosh. It's... I'm like, Whoa, what are you, you doing, Dan? About- I can make these maneuvers just fine. No, 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 Jeff. These controls are randomized. <laughs> like, oh. I should you not. Charge was left click. Um, move forward was F. Move. <laughs> oh, oh, I went all over the place. So move forward was F. And Spyro has so many controls, you don't realize it till you do it. Like, there was strafe. In fucking Spyro One, there was rotate in Spyro One. So like yeah, W the was rotate. Was like a roll, but I know I know what you're saying. <laughs> but it's just, like you're trying to like move forward to the right, and what's happening is Spyro's like tumbling sideways while breathing fire. You're like Spyro, are you drunk? <laughs> oh, yeah. such a, try to beat the game with like randomized controls. It's so fun, and it teaches you just how. The challenges that people go through and how adaptable people can be. Because after a while, I got better at it. Nice. I got I got good at. I got a little bit better at it. I need to feed to finish that playthrough. So if you people want to see that playthrough, um, you know, just say it on this podcast and no, and fuck Jeff you. Will get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch.tv/slash/dancewarrior777. Go bug them, guys. Okay, plug done. Disgusting. Let's go. Henry, right, do you have um, any more thoughts on the sixth generation? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I want to bounce back to fifth generation. Um, <clears throat> the Dreamcast. It's still the sixth the, generation. Is what that sixth? Mm-hmm. It is. Seriously? Oh, yeah, oh. Take that thing out. Put that thing back a generation. That's where it belongs. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense as it has the optical drive and everything in it. Um, with the Atari, it's better for it. <laughs> weird thing they did with their controllers. Their like memory cards had like um. Do you guys remember like Tamagotchis? Yeah, it, it, it was like a Tamagotchi you got with your fucking memory card with the Dreamcast, and it was the most weird fucking thing. Like I had a Dreamcast, but not for very long because it was a piece of shit and it broke almost immediately. But oh gosh, I that fucking that. that fucking little like Tamagotchi thing is the one thing I remember about that fucking console. It's so weird. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so what do you mean by so Tamagotchi? Odd. Well, it was just this little fucking it pet. It's it, uh, Tamagotchi is like this little virtual pet thing that you have on like your keychain. The most exciting thing feed, about it is that it poops. Yeah, yeah you would feed it and yeah. I think interact, pet it every so often, or else it would fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing, but um, it it was like that. But it was like something that you would plug into your fucking controller for your Dreamcast. I think that um, it did more than just the pet thing, but like you said, that's yeah. the most. That's the thing it's most well known for. <laughs> I, I think that um, in in a uh, Sonic Adventure two, there was like the Chow Garden, and that oh. made have use of the VMU. Good, it should because that. 
fucking Chow Garden thing sucked dick in general. Oh, did it? <laughs> Most people love yeah. that thing. I fucking hate those Chows. <laughs> they fucking suck. I, Henry, I'm a friendly little creature. Do you want to help me? all little pieces of shits. <laughs> Henry just down. grabs one and just drowns uh, it. Just punt it. Punt it off the fucking map. Oh. <laughs> I gotta save it again. It's you know, better this you way. You know, while we're on the Dreamcast <laughs> thing, um, I had mentioned earlier I didn't know exactly why they failed. Like, you know, they had a ton of hype for the thing. There were plenty of good games that came out for it. Like, the Sonic Adventures are still lauded as being some of the best Sonic games. The Lord only knows why. And um, there was, like, Crazy Taxi. There was that uh, There was that skate game or whatever. I forget what it was called. Like, the roller skating one. Um, uh, mm. and then there was, I think Knights was on the Dreamcast, right? Man, you're naming off so many more games than I would have thought was on that console. Th- that thing had a lot of good first party <laughs> stuff going for it, man. Like, I, dude, I guess, but fuck me if I ever played any of those games. And I think that the, that the hardware was actually decently powerful. Like it, it was, it was pretty competitive. I mean, once again, it had an optical drive, so clearly they were pushing it in the right direction. Yeah, and I think that it actually was competing, not competing, but was giving Microsoft a run for its money in the online department. I think the Dreamcast was actually the first console to have an online shop for games. Maybe? Ooh, um, something I'm not too sure about, but um, actually two things. Uh... Online playability for like multiplayer and that. I don't, I can't remember if the Xbox originally had like a network card built into it where you can just plug it in and you're good to go kind of thing. Cause if they did, then obviously that mean that that makes sense why they were so uh, for the multiplayer. Whereas with like the PS2, you had to buy like the adapter, the GameCube, GameCube as well, probably adapter yeah, as well. An adapter and then the Dreamcast. Might have been a built-in as well, I but think they had a built-in jack. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like none of us had Dreamcasts. Well, Henry I, did, like said, but not for long. Oh, yeah, no, it it, it didn't. It, it's fine. <laughs> Piece of junk. Job. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I when did when did uh, gaming subscriptions start? Because I don't think they had. Yeah, I think that was in the seventh generation. Well, Xbox okay. had. Them. Wait, no. Right. Yes, I think that's when it started. Xbox had them. Yeah, in order to play Xbox online, Live. Xbox Live, Xbox Live. Yeah, and PlayStation, then PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now tried so hard, but oh my gosh! Hey, you want know to? I just realized. So I wrote down some notes here in case Doubt. I spaced out. No way. So two on two this things. podcast, say it isn't so. Dude, right. So two epiphanies. <laughs> One's an epiphany, and one is a statement to say how, why it went. You'll you'll understand. So my first epiphany is Tamagotchi is one of the first games with a permadeath system. Oh no, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. Have you tried Life? Have you tried Fire Emblem? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a good point. You that's know, you point, know when Jeff. they introduced that <laughs> Famicom. The Japanese version of the Famicom. Nintendo Entertainment That's Center. That's what we talk people. 1990, my friend. 1990. <laughs> How old are Tamagotchis? Younger than that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, they were popular when I was around. I had one. I won't lie. 
<laughs> All right. Well, what another, was your what was your uh, epiphany or your statement? That was your another. Epiphany. Yeah, that was my epiphany. Another statement that I wanted to make was just to state how ass backwards PlayStation got because I love my PlayStation Two. It it really did do everything, and a lot of great games came out for it. But I wasn't too enthused about the PlayStation Three at all. Best way to describe it. Neither were developers. The, the end <laughs> of the PlayStation 2's um, era, the quality of the games being produced at the end of the PS2 era, were on the same quality and if better than the start of the PlayStation 3. Because no one knew what the PlayStation 3's capabilities were. So the I The name of the game is the it. cell processor. I stayed away from it until people understood it and, you know, actually producing good games. But if you look at, here's a really interesting thing. If you look at the Final Fantasy 12 and Final Fantasy 13, graphically, they feel almost the same. I remember seeing that on your PS2 and just being mind blown. On my old analog TV, you just look at Final Fantasy 12 and you're like, wow, that that's coming off a place like a PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like um oh, Legend of Dragoon, the end of the PlayStation era. Ah. Oh man, that makes Adam bring a tear to his eye. <laughs> that was a great game. I, I, I tried to play it for a little bit. Apartment. I played it for a few hours. We had fun with it. We just never we had time to we, complete I, the whole thing. We got up to No, it wasn't that. I didn't we have had time the to get time. Past the first disc. We got stuck in a soft lock. When oh, the one yeah. village that we could get items from burned to the ground and we couldn't buy any more revives or heals. Oh, and we had to fight no. a final boss that halved all of our damage and took away our ultimate abilities. Oh, no. Which, mind you, our ultimate abilities in Legend of Dragoon, how good were they? One of them was a full team heal that did damage to the enemy at the same time. <laughs> wow. Like, Oh, it was so good. And then it was like, well, you can't use that ability during the final boss fight against the ultimate villain. I don't think that was the final boss fight of the game. It was the final boss fight of the third disc. Disc, yeah. There were disc. four discs, so there was more. <sighs> but yeah, essentially it was unbeatable. <sighs> like, we couldn't win it. We, we had no items left because we'd had, like, a whole bunch of really hard boss fights and no chance to restock. And then we go back and, and there's just, we, we can't buy items or anything so we're just like we got nothing oops we got nutted <laughs> all right well that uh, so, so uh, anyway, anyway anyway that's that, actually that's actually a good well, we segue about, dan into the seventh so generation of the place yes it is no 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 okay go 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 something else you wanted to say hun okay you want to talk about? xbox had built-in networking uh, Dreamcast needed oh. an add-on, as far as oh, I can okay. tell. Okay, so Xbox oh. was the only one that had networking built in. That's why yes. they prioritize. That makes sense. Yes, so yeah. that makes sense. Yes. Also, so what I've said makes sense. Yeah, continue. The 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 DVD movie playback on the original Xbox apparently it was an add-on that was required. Ah. I don't know what the fuck that means. Y- but you know why it that probably is? You know why that probably is? Is because they saw how popular it was with the PlayStation, and yeah, they're like, "Shoot, we gotta like have that. something." Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, um, <clears throat> are we not talking about handhelds at all? Or are we sp- talking specifically about ha- uh, home consoles? Um, I'd we got, say like, oh, handhelds could, are a bit of a different handheld. beast. Well, handhelds. <laughs> That's fine. 
Yeah, I was just curious a because because I, when I was looking on on Wiki for the answers for networking and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, there's like the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP, and all mm-hmm. that shit too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Nintendo went for that market. Forgot. But I was gonna they, say another, they've always another had that ass. market, yes. which another is ass. probably why they managed to survive their <laughs> consoles dying slowly until they, you know, until recently until they until made the another Switch came break. out. Boom, boom, boom. But that's later. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, okay. Can I? One more statement. One more statement. I, I got sidetracked. I got a little sidetracked. But I find what's interesting is when the PlayStation 3 came out, what made the PlayStation 2 all of its things, all the PlayStation 3 focused on was sort of enhancing itself to try and beat the Xbox 360. And, you know, try to like, to beat it. And they missed some of the great things. Like, PlayStation 3 did not have backwards compatibility. Yeah, it did. At all. Yeah, it did. No, it did not. Yes, it, it did. It did not. Absolutely, it did. It did not. You yes, had to did. download a software in order to give it backwards compatibility. Nope. Yes. <laughs> nope. Let's let's go ahead and start with the seventh generation. I want to lecture you on this one, Daniel. PlayStation right. 3. You have the PlayStation 3 Slim, which is why you don't think there's backwards compatibility. PlayStation 3 originally came out the door with full backwards compatibility with both the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2. Oh, can okay. you take a can you take a stab at the cost of that thing? Oh no. 1200. Well, no. Maybe in today's currency. $600 <laughs> as compared to <laughs> I believe the 3 or 400 for the Xbox 360. $600. All right. So, 2005 I believe 2005 oh. is when the Wii, the PlayStation 3, and the Xbox 360 came out. Quick, uh, Jeff, look up minimum wage. <laughs> Back at that time period. That was when I think uh, someone... I'll look no, it up. 2005 wait, minimum wage. Hang on. Hold on. When was it? I think it was the PlayStation 3 where someone was like, how the heck are we supposed to afford this? And the guy said, get a second job. <laughs> I, I think that is when someone from Sony literally said, get a second job. Someone want to check me on that? I... Henry, you're pretty fast on the trigger with Google. Yes. Hi, what am I doing? PlayStation <laughs> 3, get a second job. I, I, anyway, um, while he's looking that up, 2005, we, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 came out. The Wii, um, this was the start of a new era for Nintendo. This is where they started getting some of their um, recognition back, I think. I remember Satoru Iwata coming on the stage at E3, and he said, people have been asking for a revolution. Well, he reaches into his coat pocket and says, we've got one. And he held up the Wii, then known as the code name Revolution. Um, And I'll get to why that was such a big deal in a few minutes, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 came out. They were just kind of trying to build on what they had in the sixth generation. PlayStation 3 tried to build off of what they thought uh, made the PlayStation 2 so popular. And this is where we start to see PlayStation kind of take a downturn for a generation. This is where they got super you know, high on themselves. They're like, oh, we're the best uh, console manufacturers there are. People will buy it. $600, what's that? And uh, that didn't turn out so well for them at first. And Xbox 360 
I honestly think it had a decent amount of promise, but there's one thing people remember from the early days of Xbox 360, and it is the Red Ring of Death. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, quick question. Henry, did you uh, find something on that? Um, as far as I can tell, <clears throat> he said the PS3 is, and it quotes, for consumers who think to themselves, I will work more hours to buy one. We want people to feel that they want it, irrespective of anything else. End quote. Well, Anyone there. get a second job to pay for theirs? Leave it in the I, comments. I know I didn't. All right. I didn't get a PS3 for quite some time. <clears throat> I don't hey, think uh, most people did because it I got sold. mine on Black Friday. <laughs> what year? Um, Because you have the PlayStation 3 Slim. Yeah. You want to know what that cost me? Oh, PlayStation 3 Swim? What was the price? 300 I think I paid 300 for it and two games. I believe that the PlayStation 3 Slim, depending on the model you got, ended up being about $350 MSRP. Um, that that was something that Sony noted uh, at, the, at the note of their launch. They thought, oh, people will buy up anything we release. Um... No, PlayStation sir. 3 did not sell well out the gate. Xbox hey, 360 uh, got an early lead on them. <laughs> hey, Jeff, if I'm reading this chart correct, in 2005, right, that's that's where we're going back in time to, right? Yeah. It's the right time? Yep. In 2005, minimum wage was $6. <laughs> and like the, a, the console was 600 or No, what? this is just New York. This is where we live. Oh. I, I don't know what the country average is, but $6 in... Six hundred dollars for a console back then—that's insanity. That's, that's Get a hundred hours. Job. That's a hundred hours without using any of that money. <laughs> pre-tax. Pre-tax. Jesus Christ! All right, uh, that's minimum so, wage too. So. Xbox like 360 got an early lead out the oh, gate uh, in that generation, but they stumbled a lot too. I mentioned that Red Ring of Death, and Microsoft's head guy. Uh, I don't remember who it was at that point. I don't think it was Phil Spencer. But whoever it was, one of his uh, right-hand men came up to him and said, we've got a billion-dollar problem on our hands. And that's when um, Xbox, I think, really started showing its pro-consumer moves. They're like, if we don't fix this problem, we don't have a company. We don't have the Xbox. I, I shouldn't say company, but we should. We don't have the gaming division anymore if we don't fix this problem. And they did everything they could to, one, get repaired units out to customers, although that didn't exactly go the greatest. But they redesigned their model, too, with the Xbox 360S, I believe. That's the model you and, uh, you and Daniel have, Adam, I believe. The black unit. Mm-hmm. The black slimmer unit redesigned. And did not have the red ring of death, the death problem. However, the Wii didn't have these problems. It uh, it worked just fine. It didn't have the insanely high price tag. And oh boy, do those sales show. That thing was selling like hotcakes. It's, it's, I think that thing saved Nintendo's like non-mobile console division. It gave Pretty them a, a lot of money in the bank. That system, I may as well list the sales now. Mm-hmm. 101.63 million units for the Wii. It is the third best-selling home console. Uh, the PlayStation 3 
still nothing to scoff at, 87.4 million units for the PlayStation 3. It's the worst-selling PlayStation console, aside from the Vita. But, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. That's a very impressive number. And the Xbox 360? Higher or lower than the PlayStation 3, guys? I'm, I'm half-phased out. I'm sorry, I'm still looking at lower? wages. Money's on lower. <clears throat> you would be correct, Henry. The Xbox 360 came in at third place that generation at 84 million units. Get fucked. Yeah, so PlayStation 3, despite the fact that their their price tag was super high, $600 for the premium model, premium meaning Wi-Fi. Um, and backwards compatibility. And so backwards, let's, let's, and backwards let's compatibility. Not, let's not. <laughs> um, despite that, their early their early loss to Xbox, they still came back around. They released the PlayStation 3 Slim and later the PS3 Super Slim. Um, those trimmed back some things. Dan, you say that the PlayStation 3 did not have backwards compatibility. Have you tried putting a PS1 disc in your PlayStation 3 Slim? I've tried putting a PlayStation 2 disc in it. Yeah, that doesn't work. But it is fully backwards compatible with PlayStation 1. In fact, that's in some ways the definitive way to play some of those games. You can play it through HDMI in the PlayStation 3. It's fully backwards compatible with PlayStation 1 games. That's silly. Isn't that kind of neat? It's so odd. <laughs> Isn't that neat? We're over here like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's just them saying, hey, our PS1 games are way better than our PS2 games, so you guys get to keep playing them now. <laughs> I think what the problem was is the PlayStation 2... Um, well, let me just put it this way. The PlayStation 3 was so expensive because not only did it have the super expensive cell processor that was a pain in the butt to develop for, it also had the entire PlayStation 2 system on a chip on that motherboard. It was quite literally a PlayStation 2 built into the PlayStation 3. Hmm. That's why it was backwards compatible 100% with both the game discs and the memory cards. Like, there were memory card slots for the PlayStation 2 memory cards in the PlayStation 3. If that doesn't tell you how crazy they went with that backwards compatible model, I don't know what it does, but that came with a heavy they, they cost. Went, they, went, they went crazy, but... I think in today's oh. money, that's nearly $900. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest... No. What are they saying the new consoles... <laughs> new consoles. The we'll new consoles are going to cost? Well, this, the new consoles this generation? Are out. The new consoles are out, and they're $500 a piece. <sighs> oh, that's actually... Worth... Well, I mean, PlayStation 5, the disc system, the one that has a disc reader in it, is $500. The discless system, digital-only version, is $400. Xbox Series S? X is $500. And Xbox Series S, which also does not have a disc reader, is $300. Is it is it bad of me that I hope that the, the discless was more? <laughs> now, question... I know we really shouldn't be talking about this general council, but since you brought that up, do you know what the so, hard drive space is I, for the disc trade one with the discless is? I do. Okay. Uh, well, hold is on. it more? Hold, hold on for a second. I just I just want to put in that do, do we want to <laughs> segue here to Retrodude's question, what are our views on the new consoles? Because that's what we were always gunning for. Not quite yet. We're almost there. 
I just really want to know if they gave more memory. Well, you'll find out in a few minutes. Fuck you, I'm looking it up now. PlayStation 5 has 828 gigabytes for its SSD in both models, the physical and the digital-only versions. Xbox Series X has a one terabyte hard drive, or SSD, excuse me. Xbox Series S, the digital-only version, 500 gigabytes. (laughs) What? But we'll come back to that. We'll circle back around. The digital... The digital only one. Okay, no, no, we'll yeah, circle no, back. We'll, we'll circle back. We're it. almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll oh, circle back. about it. We'll I, circle I am back. also flabbergasted, Dan. I too. Oh, wait a second. Oh, let no. your brain break that down. Let's keep talking about the gen right before this bullshit. Ah, uh, yeah, yo, yo, Well, yeah. we've still got two well, generations three, to go. So never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah Seventh we generation. Uh, we're almost done with this one though. Um, basically, what ended up happening is the Wii was pretty strong throughout that whole thing. Um, and the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were trading blows. And eventually, yep. they, they pretty much tied that generation. But PlayStation 3 did end up squeaking out with the 3 million console lead. Any final thoughts on this generation, the 7th generation, before we move on? I really feel like uh, it was defined by um, Nintendo breaking away from the mold, as it were, yeah. with the Wii. And the revolution. Yeah. Essentially, Nintendo at, at this point, after seeing like a like three con like three consoles ago, they were doing really well. And the, the two consoles previously had been like falling down from there. They're like, we have to do something radical to like try and regain to try and like regain traction. And this was the move. It worked really well. And then um both Xbox and PlayStation in this generation, the PS3, Xbox had issues and they're sort of trading back and forth on that. And I think what we see here is the reason Microsoft caught up somewhat is the rise in like internet got better, of course, over time and like multiplayer gaming became more of a thing. And, um, the, but you also seeing the hangover, the hangover, the holdover from the uh, previous generation's success on p on the the ps1 and 2 of uh, that that uh, those games you know the sequels to those games people want the next generation to play those um, yeah but essentially you're seeing those two are fighting and then nintendo's kind of now out on its own out on its own island smoking its good shit and, and it's been there ever since pretty much i'm on my way <laughs> and you know and when they're out and the thing about being out on the <laughs> island smoking that good shit is that sometimes it's you just have you have brilliant moves of genius the wii and the switch and sometimes you faceplant with the wii u so you know you take Poor a you i get, love mine but there's no you're the only one eh, i'm not the only one there's 13 million other people all right maybe two <laughs> two people all right okay well good point rolling Adam. on good, um, uh, Dan, Henry, do you have any final thoughts, or are you just eking to get to that ninth generation of consoles? Eking? No. E- what happened to eighth? What is the eighth? <laughs> We're not jumping over it, eighth. but I know you're excited to get to that the, well, conversation the about the Series S. The eighth is the PS4 um, Xbox One. The Xbox One. I can never remember the Xbox oh. names because mean, they're all freaking... Mean- there's no rhyme or reason. They're just like, they just like 
picking random alphanumerics out of a hat. Anyway, yeah. and then you, uh, mean, you mean the generation the that I skipped because I went to PC and I think PC that's indicative just... of all of you guys actually. Uh, well, so, PC did like the the eighth generation was the funniest because when it hit, it was just like boom! Look at this. We just made slight improvements. <laughs> and then Nintendo's like, and, and then Nintendo's we've like smoking. we got a Wii, boys! <laughs> Which honestly, I, I don't know, guys. The generation was not them. very kind to Nintendo. No. It wasn't so, kind, but, but before it we get them to, to that, explore. any any final explore. thoughts on the seventh gen, or do we want to move on to the eighth? Uh, I mean, PS P- PS3, I ended up like waiting on like a long while before getting. <clears throat> Whereas like. The 360 was definitely the, the the console of that generation that I got like almost immediately, and then my family got the the Wii, which was okay, I suppose. But the nunchucks was what the big draw in my mind was for that thing because it's not a typical controller. So plus yeah. it had the motion and everything, which was interesting. But the like Adam said, networking everything got better, so that way multiplayer for 360 was there since they had the. They they were the previous console that had networking for multiplayer and stuff built in, yeah. so that way you didn't have to dick around with the extra additions and shit. <clears throat> but um, yeah, PS 3s it's got pretty good titles. I like everything that it had on it. Xbox also was really good, but the Wii kind of like, I think its controllers is what made it super popular, but the games were kind of meh overall. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> about that one. Um. But yeah, a couple. The the controllers, yes. Um, that's I think that is the main reason that Nintendo succeeded that generation is they stopped going for the hardcore gamer, which obviously they weren't appealing to anymore anyway. They decided to go for what they call the blue ocean demographic. Um, that's a thing. What that uh, essentially what that means is just the casual (laughs) markets. This is before smartphones and mobile devices took that market over. I'm over here. I heard the ocean demographic, and I'm just you see, sitting going, like, what the Yeah, the, the Wii mean? was really aimed at a more casual market for a lot of its games, which is why, as hardcore gamers, they sometimes lack a certain depth, perhaps. Um, and, and it was like they sort of got it in at just the right moment before smartphones became ubiquitous. Yep. So, as Henry mentioned earlier, the controllers were largely responsible for that. One, they did not look anything like a standard controller. Um, (laughs) And the reason why they really designed it that way, the Wii remote, it looks like a television remote. Something that many non-gamers were very familiar with. And that sort of design was more friendly to that sort of consumer. I don't know if you've seen the meme of like what a ple- uh, what a controller looks like to me, what it looks like to my mom, what it looks like to my grandma and as it continues down that line, <laughs> it like gets progressively more and more buttons and analog sticks and like it, it, just a mess for them and like the TV remote style of the Wii remote very very appealing to people outside the gaming space. But it also had motion controls. You don't control it by pressing buttons. You swing the Wii remote, and like you swing the Wii remote to hit the tennis ball. You you swing it to throw the bowling ball, or Zelda Twilight Princess. You swing it to, you know, move Still the sword. Damage. Or in Skyward, Skyward Sword, sword. 
no, no, oh, no. Skylight. Tw- Twilight no, Skyward Princess Sword. first, but Skyward yeah, Sword Skyward expanded just, on it. Move this way. Quack, 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 quack. I love that control system. Anyway, it was so. I, I should also <laughs> note that technically, oh. it was a very cheap IR gun. You could get like a why you could like get like a program like a free download on your computer, not from Nintendo, just the was the you know, and you could put a Wii controller or a couple of them up and if you had like a flat wall you could write with an IR pen like be an IR laser you were holding like a pen and you could write and then you could have a projector going onto that wall and it and the Wii remote would pick up the IR motions and then that would feed into the laptop and spit out on the projector so essentially you could have like one of those smart screen you know the smart walls that they now have like everywhere in schools and stuff you could have that but for like you know whatever it costs to get a couple of Wii remotes yeah as opposed to like the thousand do- thousands of dollars for these big screens and all this crazy tech and crap this, which is awesome like That's it, really it was cool. it, it, well, it didn't have all the utility and it was kind of hard to use he's got your hand in the wrong position it would block the reading so i kind of needed two at weird angles but <laughs> It wasn't Still perfect, really cool. but like as as an example of the technology, people like lost their shit over it. Just as like a like, oh my gosh, this is actually like, oh my god, <laughs> they did that with a connect too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Connect was like a was the next stage of that. Was a whole grid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like while I was at college, like when I first started college, um, there was a group Ugh. at RIT, and they had the Geek Initiative. Well, they had. The um, Geek Squad, a as it were. computer that you could control, f- like, like normal operations on a computer. And it was a full, like, floaty hand interface. Like, a like like kind of like what you'd imagine for, like, you know, one of those sci-fi shows where they're just standing there, like, pressing the air and it's putting in commands. And yep. they had that, but like if you zoomed in real close and just saw their hands, like the right angle and them doing it, and then the screen, what you're missing is they had like five Xbox Connects, like in an arc, <laughs> in an arch over top of where they were putting their hands to get enough angles. And this beefy ass computer with an insane driver to run like all five or six, however many of the Connects they needed to to power it but it worked it was just like this like you had to stick your hands into this nest of connects and it would let you like air type or an yeah, air control your computer really it cool. was so cool but it like it like like tried to type in microsoft word and this computer's chugging like like you're you know like you're playing like five screens of hd you know games or something like this computer's like of course it was student written program it wasn't super optimized or anything but like you could do it with the tech but you had to have like but it was you know it was just really funny that that was the kind of stuff people bought connects not because they were going to play with them on their xbox but because they wanted to do crap like that i just remember that when i was at college that was like that was like the the because they were essentially cheap that, cameras with that. the right you know stuff in them to do motion inter yeah it was really interesting it was yeah. oh like, <laughs> yeah i wonder if i could find a picture of the setup not no they'll take me forever but 
Yes. Well, I'm all set. Wait, no, never mind. Uh, at any <laughs> rate, um, I think we've beaten so. this uh, motion-controlled horse. Yeah, okay. Let's so move let's, on no, to... Uh, let's, don't forget, PS3 also had something like that. PlayStation Move controllers. Almost That's an what exact it was. The glowy balls oh. your landing planes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Da, 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 the plane landers. Basically, so like in the... So like um in the previous generations, how... uh. Micro uh, Xbox had to get like an extra adapter so you could play DVDs, or PlayStation needed an adapter to like play online. Now the other two were like, "This motion control shit's going off. What's our version gonna be for the extra plug and play crap?" Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Back up that truck, baby. <laughs> what? Oh my Back god! Back up that truck. <laughs> Yeah, come on, girl. Now back it up. <laughs> That's the no, PlayStation Move controllers. No, notice how, oh, like, like, ever since then, like, a sp- um, I was gonna say, was oh yeah, like when you're, like when you're advertising for VR, you do not show photos of someone playing the game, like from the outside, because like, otherwise like, you it, get one of those PBG VR. Yeah, videos. where you see like someone flailing their hands around with a TV strapped to their face. They're like, oh man, and you're like, Ugh, and you're like, what? I is, like, I'm gonna look like an absolute twat word. if I. <laughs> If I get this thing, that's not the marketing. <laughs> like before, you'd show people like, "Oh, look at me happy while I play this game." Photos no longer for VR. No. <coughs> All right. Any any other thoughts on this generation? No. No, I think we beat this horse to death. Let's roll on Great. into the eighth. I- I want to kind of speed through this one a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Oh, um, fuck you. We gotta so, first of all, here. we had kind of a half jump. The 7.5 generation yeah. is the Wii U. Nice. Yes. And that was more released like two P-U. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was released two, and a, and two years before <laughs> the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Nintendo thought they were going to get an early lead. They could not have been more wrong. <laughs> that thing was a marketing <laughs> flop. Like, nobody knew what the Wii U was. Nobody knew, like... Like, I, I remember talking to Chase, even, in, like, 2015. And I'm like, I got I got Smash Bros. for the Wii U. He's like, now, isn't the Wii U just another controller for the Wii? And I'm like, oh my gosh, people like that actually exist. Like, they actually <laughs> do think that. Not um, gonna lie. But uh, that was indicative of a lot of people back then. Yeah. And well, the Wii U wasn't that much of an advancement. But what's really funny is well, the, the controller. Of the other so system. it's more expensive because you essentially have a giant tablet that's your controller for, to play this mm-hmm. thing. And it's not even like, oh, I could walk off to another room and play the game. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 feet away across- if you're uninterrupted. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to walk across the room and lose signal, and it's going to freak the fuck out. Well, so I used to that. do that in the apartment, like, I, I would take the Wii U gamepad into my bedroom to play Mario 3D World, and, uh, <laughs> nope, it was two rooms away, that's too much. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, like, and, just as a thing, like, the gamepad was the most, like, I've held it as a controller, it's not- Did surprise anyone? Yeah, it's not comfortable- like if you're gonna hold it for an hour playing a game, like it's like, this, and I have big hands, and this thing's like, it's like. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> I so, have big hands. So here's what I think happened with the Wii U. Um, 
or why it failed so hard. Nintendo was trying to chase after that um, blue ocean demographic once again. Um, and they tried to show some things that the gamepad could do, and they just did not land like the Wiimote did. Um, people were confused. The Wii U's appearance was very Wii-like. Even in the promotional images, it was the Wii U gamepad front and center, and the Wii kind of like tucked ni- nicely, neatly behind it, and people were like, is that a Wii back there? Um, and, uh, the marketing was also very bad. It was aimed at children and Nintendo failed to realize that a good chunk of their audience is was their hardcore older. fans who are in their twenties and thirties now. Um, no, most of those, do you guys remember in, uh, I think it was episode two, I was talking about Yoshi's Woolly World and I said, Whoa, it's a double Yoshi explosion. That was the Wii U era. Of Nintendo's marketing. That is a very good summarization summarization of Nintendo's marketing at that point. Woshi. Don't let it walk away. (laughs) But I will say that Wii U is actually pretty compelling, especially if you homebrew it, which I have. It is my (laughs) all-in-one Nintendo console at this point. First of all, it is backwards compatible with the Wii. Second off... Virtual Console was awesome on that thing. You had a lot of games from NES, Super Nintendo, N64. Not GameCube, oddly enough, but when you hack it with the program called Nintendon't, GameCube compatibility. And th- there's a lot of things going for it, but not not enough to really make it mainstream appealing. So I just wanted to gloss over that one a little bit. Let's move on to the main contenders of the 8th generation. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Daniel, you mentioned uh, not exactly a huge leap over the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and I would agree 100%. That that leap I looked at for, I shit you not, one second. I just looked at it, I'm like, oh, cool, what's the new concept? They're like, same thing, only stronger. Look over at Xbox, same thing, only stronger. And and here's the thing, like like, the leap with those two... And what was funny was I was going, I was going to go to college and whatnot, and my first thing came to my brain was, I just, I'm just going to take my computer, and just play games on that. Yeah. Like, and well, I, what's, and I'd probably have more power than both of those. <laughs> yeah, the early models especially. Um, let me just put it this way: I'm going to put this in an analogy. If the jump from the PlayStation Two to the PlayStation Three and the Xbox to the Xbox 360 was a Super Mario jump. The jump from the PlayStation 3 to the PlayStation 4 and from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One is Captain Toad falling off a cliff. There was not exactly a huge amount of progress there. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the CPU for those things, or the GPU, one of those two. They were like a Jaguar processor. Not a very powerful thing. And like Daniel alluded to, a lot of gaming laptops, even just regular laptops, could play games just as well as those things could do it. And at, this is the point where laptops were becoming much, much more consumer-friendly. We're talking 2013 here. End of 2013, laptops were becoming more mainstream at this point. There was not a ton of reason to buy the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One for its power alone, yet they both kind of plowed forward with that sort of mindset 
You know, what's interesting, though, is at least for the PlayStation 4, it worked. 109 million units for the PlayStation 4. Xbox One, they made some problems. They made some no-nos at the very beginning of the generation uh, that led to their 47 million mark. So, it, it was a blowout. PlayStation 4 absolutely dominated the 8th generation of consoles. Um, I don't really have a ton to say here, other than the fact that the PlayStation 4 is the first PlayStation that I've ever owned. Um, and I was compelled by their strong third-party lineup and their pretty strong, quote-unquote, first-party offerings. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was... Uh, and the new Ratchet and Clank games were pretty much the reason I bought that thing. I don't know. Other than that, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, they were both fine, but nothing extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And even now, well, all the they PlayStation did was... 4 is my Blu-ray player. <laughs> nice. Oh, the disrespect. I love and, and until I figured I out that my rude. smart TV could watch Netflix just on the TV, it was our Netflix machine. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. What do you guys but, think? Yeah. No. No, when that era hit, I just... Like, Nintendo was doing all this crazy stuff. I wouldn't say crazy, but they were thinking outside the box. They were seeing where innovations were going. They saw where... Um, that like technology like VR and uh, I think no virtual VR. reality no, no VR for Nintendo no no no, no I, motion controls but revolutionary movements in gaming trying to move away from the standardized gaming I think encouraged Nintendo to go we need to go down a different route than trying to compete with these people because if all three of us are just getting locked into the stalemate it's going to come down to who has the best um, exclusive games, and hmm. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Not thing anymore. I don't think Defend- Nintendo could really compete, which is kind of strange. To with have their the exclusives, word fall I I do not agree with that. But that's because of their consoles, <laughs> to an extent. Look at how unique their games are with their exclusives. Like their exclusives are unique to them. You have a Switch, it's an experience unique to having a Switch. The PlayStation Xbox, you could almost say the experiences are interchangeable. Hell, there are games that are cross-platform for those systems. Yeah, plenty of them. It's mm-hmm. becoming a more popular thing now. And the Switch... Oh, goddamn time. And the Switch's cross-compatibility actually <laughs> it takes them a minute to do it. <laughs> Because they're like, wait, oh, I understand. Right. Well, <laughs> <But> it's different. <laughs> any thoughts from Adam and Henry for the eighth generation? I know we kind of like glossed over this one, but well, it's not a significant generation. What games came out for that generation? Oh, a ton. I'm curious. What, a what, ton. Well, you say a ton, but I there's nothing in my cranium. The big one that like, I'm thinking yeah. is um, the one that made me buy a PlayStation 4 was, uh, well, the ones that made me buy a PlayStation Horizon 4. Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn. Dawn. That oh. is a... I mean, oh, don't fucking be so That is a gem fuck. on a PlayStation 4. Uh, well, PlayStation 4 how, also had Uncharted 4. Um, how well did it do? 
PlayStation. Oh, very Uncharted well. Uncharted 4 was good. D- it really? Yeah, very well. Why do I remember Horizon Zero Dawn? Like, it's an amazing get and just like seeing someone with a baseball bat going, ha ha, nope. <laughs> I don't it know where great. you're seeing that it's from. It's a strong Horizon game. Zero Dawn is a very well-reviewed game. I'm, Critical I'm claim. What are the sales? You really like the game. I mean, Dan, it just recently came out on fucking Steam, and I'm pretty sure it's got like nothing but positive reviews. Once. <laughs> yes, which means that this 7.6 million I units just- by 2018. On Steam, it has a 70. <laughs> God damn it. Although Two it has years a after launch, it passed 10 million units sold. Yeah. Platforms it, are PlayStation It's a very well-reviewed game, and on, on Steam, it's not so well-reviewed because it's not optimized for Steam. PlayStation right. 4, heard... it was built for that experience, and oh, boy, God. did they nail it. I loved that I'm not, game. I'm not saying it was a bad game. I just I don't remember it being like... Ah, da, 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 da. It was it was kind of like Horizon Zero. Whoa, it's a really good game. And then everyone else was just like, "Yeah, when do we get it?" I'm not getting a PlayStation. <laughs> What's just like? Let's see. What are the other ones I'm thinking of? God of War was a big one. They uh, not rebooted the series, but no, they continued it. They went to the Norse Norse mythology. Yeah, that was a very well, very popular. Well acclaimed uh, game that was well for that acclaimed. system. Ratchet and Clank. That was a good reimagining. Yeah. I don't know how it stands up against the originals as well, but yes. I think it was. I, I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you, Henry. We all agree. Like the yeah, originals no, were I, amazing. These this one was kind of like we're going a new like, direction. It's good if you've never played one before, like, but if you've played one before, it's not that good. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. You've have def- you played one before? You haven't I played, played, played the original. I played the original um, beforehand, but okay. If you play the original, everything kind of beats the original. But the original was the original foothold. You want to play a great first-person experience of Ratchet and Clank? Third. Play up your arsenal, not going commando. That's play the, the third, third game. One, yeah, up your arsenal. Dreadlocked. Me and Adam love the multiplayer. God, I still remember Adam in the backline with the Hunter landmines going, I got you, Dan! As he's just whipping, heat-seeking landmines that Merv into more landmines. So, here's here's one other thing I just thought of that I, I think that, to your point, so Dan, good. like, you're thinking there's not too many great games to be had on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I disagree with that. Um, there's plenty of games to play on those, but there's not a ton of exclusives. You're right. Thing is... What, what do you mean by exclusive, first Games off? that are only available on one platform. Your Horizon well, Zero Dawn for a long time was PS4 exclusive. God of War, right. PS4 exclusive. Death Stranding still originally is, was PS4 exclusive. Is God of War still? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I actually yeah, have... It's not on, on have, any other consoles. I have the list here. I Xbox One, however... I I can't think of any exclusives for that system. Mostly Halo? because, but even then, the Halo that's, series that's that that came out. PC oh my gosh, Halo <laughs> Four just came out in Steam like what two days ago? Yeah, but that still Three wasn't an ago? Xbox One exclusive. That, that was, was an Xbox 360, 360 game. Yeah. All right, but there's one other big factor here that I I'm thinking about with PlayStation Four and Xbox One in particular. And this Spider-Man. Is, Spider-Man is a good game too, but I haven't played it. I just know it's well acclaimed. Assassin's Creed. No, Assassin's Creed might be. Sorry, I have a list of PlayStation 4 games. <laughs> I'm staring at. So, Madden. 
<laughs> no, fuck sports games. <laughs> this console generation, this eighth one, I want to get into this topic at another time, but I just want to touch on it quickly here. This is where the old is new again really became popular. You see your Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, your Spyro Reignited Trilogy, plenty of remakes. Medieval. Medieval, yep. Um, even Ratchet and Clank was a reimagining of the first game. You could argue that it's not really a full-on game by itself. It's based on a different game or, or another Ratchet and Clank game. This is where you see remakes, remasters, reimaginings really taking off. Almost yeah. to the, in my mind, almost to the detriment of new experiences coming out. I don't want to be a downer, but remakes, remasters, they're fine. Just don't make them the emphasis. And I find whenever a remake is being made, I understand it is important to pay homage to your past that follow me on this no <laughs> fuck uh, <laughs> there goes Dan's entire line of logic <laughs> but whenever a remake is being made what you're doing is you're showing the system's capability to run a game that is already proven to run fine on a lesser generation and also to sort of bring it forward in sort of the you know like the gaming timeline so it you know you have more iterations of it later on the, later down the road and it and because of the fact it shows that these games do well it shows that there is an interest and people are willing to buy it again why not you know, create a whole nother experience dedicated to it. Like, Jeffrey has done very specific sort of ROM uh, ROM hacks, hacks. and uh, My favorites right now are Super Mario World Return to Dinosaur Land, and uh, I'm really enjoying uh, The Legend of Zelda Perils of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Those are fun. But... And then we get problems where, you know, that's they realize this, and they do things like the Crash Bandicoot, where they come out with Crash 4. <laughs> like, Henry was saying how he's not excited for it. He was excited what? for it, he got it day one. He's psychotic? I was super hyped. I got that shit day one. I am psychotic. Goodbye, well, anyway, uh, I, I do want to t I, I do want to get back to that topic at some point, but that is a topic for another day. Um, but I think that really is what characterized this generation more is that slightly better power. Old is new again. Um, and the switch is another outlier that I it's hard to, for me to classify it as an eighth generation console when it came out four years after the competition. Three and a half. Um, that game came, uh, that system came out in 2017. Man, that thing is selling like hotcakes. Nintendo found their footing again, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. But right now, we saw the download downward slope from the NES, 62 million, Super NES, 49 million, Nintendo 64, 30, 
3 million. GameCube, 22 million. And then the Wii was just a sudden spike up to 100 million. Wii U came crashing back down at 13 million. This has been a downward slope for Nintendo this whole time. You know, you know where you know where the that switch is right now. Where where actually is the switch? I didn't. I don't think it's doing too well. What? I'm gonna you ask know. you that same question that uh, Henry asked you. Are you psychotic? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it it outsold the NES already. Mm-hmm. It's on pace to outsell Nintendo's best selling home console of all time, the Nintendo. People Wii. are willing to buy a giant Nintendo DS. That's not Fuck even yeah. close to what it is. <laughs> I don't really? give a fuck. If you're going to use that comparison, you're goddamn right I will. That thing's <laughs> awesome. That thing in the last three and a half years that it's been out, at this point, 68 million units. It outsold the PS4 in Japan months ago. It's it's a very hotcake system. That thing is doing super well. And again, I mentioned it outsold Nintendo's second best-selling home console, the NES, in three and a half years. You know it what is. I also... It is on track to be Nintendo's best-selling home co- home console. I'll be surprised if it isn't. You, you want to know what I also I, realized? I, the only though, thing I want to say, uh, it would be interesting if they did this, is I wonder if they come out with like a mid. They, it's Nintendo's probably not, but like a mid, uh, a midpoint revamp type thing. They might. I mean, they did that with a 3ds. Yeah, they it, did that with a ds. But that was more of a do optimization, that, like. Like an optimization. Of I don't know. Interesting. It's that or they'll come out with a new console. They're, I never know what they're going to do. We'll see. I don't think that they're going to cut this generation off this soon. No, uh, but I, it's still selling well. Super mm-hmm. well. Like, I think they said they were going to sell 24 million units this fiscal year alone. Well. That's insane. I think they're on track for that. Like, they recently upped their estimates for that because it's selling so well. Oh, yeah. Part of that is because, you know, COVID. But, you know, that that kind of uh, rising tide kind of picked up all the ships. All video game consoles are selling better now because of that. Regardless, that's kind of my two cents on that switch came out and it's Nintendo's redemption arc. I think they're back in it, baby. Although again, they say that they're not directly competing with Sony and Xbox. And that kind of shows in their, (laughs) They're marketing this thing and they're selling it three and a half years after the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came out. I don't even know what generation it is. 8.5. I think they, if I had to be honest, I'm going to say they are intentionally staggering their release. You're probably right. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that X, that, that, that Sony and Microsoft are competing over this and that's why they put their releases so close to each other so they can one up each other. Mm-hmm. But, Nintendo is basically as with they've skewed away from the like big release time and they're like literally like almost perfectly in between big releases now. Yeah. They they're like we're not competing. We're specifically like people are like oh this has been out for 2 3 years. I played a ton of games. You're you know, you're used to it, you like it, but then this new thing comes, oh, I'll get that and try some of those games while I wait for like they're trying specifically to not compete you know they're, they're really taking up sort of a different chunk of market share in a lot of ways and even then they're just like they don't want to be in competition with these giants anymore. Anyway. They're, they're like and, and that even that even shows in the products they're making like mm-hmm. i, I kind of had a funny sort of uh sort of allegory for this um 
I imagine Sony and Microsoft trying to sell. Uh, imagine them like the Best Buy trying to sell computers and like, oh, these computers are amazing. Like they've got these great specs and look at the performance. Look at that resolution. And then Nintendo pulls up to the Best Buy with an ice cream truck and everybody goes out there and buys their ice cream. Yeah, that, that's that's about what it like starts to feel like. Like, like um, I, I once I once heard N- Nintendo like w- when someone was discussing the like the console race and everything that Nintendo like um that now there are two people there are two people and one there are, how do they put it there are three people competing but one of them is uh one of them has their head stuck in a in a astronaut helmet filled with gummy bears labeled nostalgia (laughs) and that's that's what nintendo is they're basically they're basically got their head stuck in a like they're they're playing the nostalgia card really hard a lot like they really play to their older their fan base and like things like that and like it's just a different it's it's a different a different model like 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 um Despite the fact that they seem to want to put out like duplicates of the games and everything, but this is like the bigger, newer, faster console generation. Like Nintendo's right in the old nostalgia corner in many ways. Like they're, they're, they're like, you know. well, it's that combination of nostalgia and they're kind of blazing their own trail. Like this whole hybrid console sort of thing, Sony started to experiment with with the PlayStation Three and PlayStation Vita, mm-hmm. but this this Nintendo Switch, uh, I. I would argue is almost the perfect representation of that idea. Wow. Dock it on, dock it in its dock, play it on the TV, take it with you on the go. Same console. It's that hybrid nature is absolutely killing it for them right now. Yeah, I think and, part of it, it's like they're not trying for the highest specs, but like we can make it mobile, and the specs are good enough to be a good to have a, a good playing experience. And we see some remarkable things happening with it. Like, The Witcher 3 came out with, like, the Definitive Edition, take that as all the DLC included, was released on the Switch on a cartridge. All of it is on the cartridge. And it runs respectively on the Switch. That game is a graphical powerhouse on the other systems. Not so much on the Switch, but it runs. And that's good enough for a lot of people who want it portably. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the switch. It, it this the Wii U honestly was where it kind of exited out of the traditional console race. I'd say maybe even the Wii, but they're figuring it out now. Of course, that leaves us with the new generation. The quote now, unquote, this is the next generation. And the one retro we- dude, this is where we're gonna get to your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, to uh, to uh, kind of bring back retro dude's question what are your views on the new console playstation 5 and xbox series x slash series s are you going to buy one are you planning to buy one thoughts who wants to start no no fuck that (laughs) i got other places to be as of right now they're still releasing stuff for like ps4 because like kingdom hearts and the crash and spyro remakes were big reasons i even bought a ps4 and as far as i know i don't think they have anything planned for ps5 so i'm good not those ones even buy like a hmm? not those ones nope no not not that i know of at least yet 
And then um, <clears throat> I didn't even buy an Xbox One because there's nothing really exclusive on there anymore. You could pretty much buy anything off of the one on your PC. So that's pretty much out the door there. And I assume they're going to do it with the new... What the fuck's the new gen called for Microsoft? Xbox Series One or X. Series X. <laughs> Jerk off thing. Um, <laughs> so doubt they'll do that. And then PlayStation, maybe if they release something crazy good. I would expect them to, and then Nintendo's still jerking it to the Switch. So I already have one of those as well. So it's pretty. I don't either. It's fucking like nothing's even remotely close. And Sony and Microsoft are nowhere's even like close to what their idea was for competition's sake. So Nintendo's like, well, we're pretty set right now until the hardware expires, and we need to have a new and that's OS essentially. It's 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 good. (laughs) That's why I was saying like a mid um, a midpoint release of it to like bulk it up a little bit might be an interesting take even then a switch pro as it were Mm -hmm. yeah some stupid bullshit like that which in that case i guess could be fine faster load times and everything so high resolution upscale 4k maybe but yeah who knows that's another topic another topic tightly but I'm, i'm just saying that i was just gonna say that like especially with how so many games are being ported to it and like you can't play a lot of these like you can play them on your gaming computer but you likely can't play them on like your phone or a portable tablet or something like that so like it's just this portable gaming system lets you play these games like that seems to be like a really big thing they're getting into like moving a lot of games from like previous generations that you can't you couldn't have on previous nintendo <clears throat> platforms and now all shifting over to there and that's pulling in market too mm-hmm. um yeah but overall no new consoles don't really interest me at this current moment in time plus like you said the fucking hard drive thing's blowing my fucking mind <laughs> yeah okay let's like now we can go back to that all right so i i want to start out on this um up to this point um, it really has, <clears throat> excuse me, it really has been a power race, at least in the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 era. Like, honestly, especially with the PlayStation 4 graphics, teraflops, frame rates, those were a huge pushing <laughs> thing. <laughs> teraflops. <laughs> teraflops, isn't that a fun phrase? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it sounds like- like- now, the thing with the uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X that really set it apart is, wait for it. Wait for it. Solid state drives. Gentlemen, how long have PCs had solid state drives? Oh, God. Probably like five, six years at this point, if that. Probably longer, honestly. But it costs way more. It wasn't as affordable. That was the big thing. Yeah. But they've been around for a while. Now, here's my thing. These systems. I'm going to go ahead and answer uh, Retro Dude's question for myself right now. My view on the next consoles, I think they're impressive in their own right, but not entirely compelling. At least not for me. Not yet. Um, I think that the SSDs, these are not just stock SSDs that you would pick up at a Best Buy. They're not stick it in your SATA port and call it good. That's not what Sony and Microsoft did. They really worked on their SSDs. Sony in particular has a very impressive uh, transfer rate for that thing. It's like Oh, what was it? Five point something gigabytes per second? 
um, for their transfer speeds. Uh, it's very impressive what they're doing, and they're they're forming their they're forming their games around that instant load times. Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation Five is really showcasing what that SSD means for the game. Instantly loading whole new worlds to jump through these Nexus portal things, and it's very impressive. Thing is, frankly, I don't care so much. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to format the game around it, fine. Ratchet and Clank looks to be an interesting experience. I look forward to seeing what that's like. How many games do you think are really going to do that? Not many. Uh, less load times is great. Not super compelling. I grew up on dial-up. I'm a patient guy. I can sit through a few loading screens. Um, you can? Yeah. 4K 60 FPS... I'm good with my 10, 6, or 1080 or 720 60 frames per second. Dang. Frankly, I don't care about 4K. That's not a selling point for me. 4K Think- is also extremely hard to support at a hardware level. Right. And mm-hmm. like these games, these game consoles are like chugging their way through it. They're doing a good job of it. <laughs> but again, it is not a selling point for me. Um, What it really comes down to is the uniqueness of the hardware and the games it really does come down to the games now in all fairness sony does have more exclusives than microsoft at this point in time however i'm gonna put a big old asterisk next to that the playstation 5 its current exclusive lineup i'm gonna miss a couple because i'm i don't have a sheet up in front of me with a list or anything what the fuck jeff um their current lineup for their exclusive games are the uh, Astro Boy thing? No. The Astro's Astro Playroom. Boy. Not Astro Boy, I'm sorry. Astro's oh. Playroom is one of their exclusives. Uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, quote-unquote exclusive. Demon Souls, which is a remake of a PlayStation 3 game. Woo. And help me out here, what's the other one? There's one more. There's got to be one more. I don't remember. I straight up don't remember. But <laughs> but the one true exclusive on that list help. is Astro's Playroom. Oh wait, Little Big Planet, the Little Big Planet 3D game. Mm-hmm. That one's out. So tell me this: those two truly exclusive games, Astro's Playroom and Little Big Planet, are those really going to be a selling feature? No, not for me. Absolutely not. Miles Morales, it is available on the PlayStation 4. Um, Demon Souls, if I really cared about that game, PlayStation 3's version is just fine. Um, and even the games that they promise that are coming, the one that I really care about is Ratchet & Clank. Horizon Forbidden West, a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, is coming out. Guess what system it's also available for? PlayStation what? 4. It's coming out on the PlayStation 4. The new God of War, no confirmation on this, but that might be their next PlayStation 5 true exclusive game. Might not be. Might also be on the PlayStation 4. Who knows? Final Fantasy uh, 16. That's coming out on the PlayStation 5, but in their in their press conference showing off that new game, it said, console exclusive on PS5. And then in tiny print below, it says, also available on PC. Hmm. <laughs> guess what that's where it's going that's where 
that's where these consoles are going. Exclusives? What are exclusives? It's their games aren't enough to sell me on the systems anymore because I know that those exclusives Five. won't be exclusive for long. So uh, also go ahead. Jeff, to, I have a, well, to to bounce back real quick, uh, SSDs have started being incorporated in computers since like two thousand five or two thousand five. Mm-hmm. So like fifteen years ago. Cheapers. So, so guess wait, what? We just, These we SSDs just talked about are not all that exciting. Wasn't that Ever? back when the PlayStation three came out? I'm sorry? Yeah, PlayStation 3 came out in 2005. Yeah, <laughs> now, in all yeah. fairness, like they haven't become real consumer-friendly in their prices and availability until yeah, fairly stability recently. stability and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. again, that's my thought on the PS5 is like it's not all that exciting for me. The next most exciting thing is, well, it's backwards compatible with PS4. I can put essentially Whoa. any PS4 game in there and it'll play fine. Great. If I ever want to upgrade to, from my PS4, that's fine. I, I don't have a reason to right now, though. And I mean, the, if nothing else, it'll it'll so, entice people to buy a PS5, and then they could buy PS4 games as well as five games. Yeah, that, and it would be a better technology, so the read write speed would be faster and everything. Yeah, so. there there are definitely um, upgrades, but those upgrades aren't enough to get me excited. I will sit through my forty five second Horizon Zero Dawn load screen. I don't care. I I. Uh, it plays just fine. I, yeah. I don't need but the PS5. You also have a PS4, so that's why it's less enticing to you. Yeah, me and 108 like, million other people. Yeah, no, 100%. But like, if you were like a Xbox One person and you wanted to get into like those Sony exclusives and everything, and it's oh, like, sure. I don't like what like, Xbox has coming, or like, I bought a gaming PC. Now I don't really need my Xbox for the next gen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I could get a PS5 and then get the new gen and last gen games all in one thing. Yeah. So you might be able to yeah, like that, see the sales from like the Xbox for... One into the Sony's world. Yeah, that's definitely a selling point in that in that point. But as someone who has a PlayStation 4, yeah. Count me out until a PlayStation 5 Slim comes out and is cheaper and is smaller. That thing is huge. Even then, I don't even... Um, like I said, it would depend on what the they games need, are. Yeah, they need to have some exclusive games that really get me excited. That's why I bought my PS4. They don't have that on the PS5 yet. And Xbox right. Series Which, X, even less exciting to me because there are truly no exclusives on that. The one exclusive <laughs> that was supposed to come, Halo Infinite... That's a laughing stock right now. That's not that's not even close to happening right now. Um and, and honestly, hardware wise, I think I like the Xbox better. Um at least the Series X. I think I like the design of it better. It has a bigger hard drive and I don't know, like it's just more appealing to me, but overall, like the PlayStation 5 has the better controller and it's got it's got at least two games that are truly exclusive. Of course. Now, remind me here, isn't the so the the PS5 digital only is the same storage as the one with the disk drive? Yes. 830 okay. gigabytes. Yeah. Essentially it's a terabyte and probably the operating system isn't included. Important thing. No, 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 no. Like that is the entire size of the SSD. The hard drive. And there's no operating system on it? Or is there? The there is one. Like your your operating space is like six hundred and some gigabytes. Yeah. What's the operating space on the on the uh, Xbox? About eight hundred and fifty. Okay. 
So I it's so random. It's such a random ass number for it hard is. drive space. <laughs> it so it is. I, I don't know what the point of that was. No. Um, anyway, but and then the digital only version of the the Xbox has half the storage of the big one, and it's going to be running the same operating system, which means that that two hundred and fifty. Or you know the the hundred and hundred and fifty hundred and fifty gigs is coming out of that five hundred. You really you got three hundred and fifty like gigs to play with on your Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think what they were going for was that with that is that your Xbox Series S is your fourteen forty machine, your fourteen forty p machine, whereas Xbox Series X is your four K sixty fps machine. Now. That so, doesn't mitigate the fact that it's a small hard drive. That's not going to do you much good. Like, so that's two games. I'm going to casually interject a really no. interesting fact that a topic keeps getting brought up again and again and again, which is why I consider the console wars to be a joke. <laughs> because... Every single time you guys talked about a game, you said the words, oh, I would get the console if the games were good. And I'm sitting here going, Or existent. Or existent, even. And that shows why I switched over to PC after a time. Yeah, the console has, quote-unquote, exclusive games. But those are hit and miss, might work out, might not. And right here, I brought this up on my computer. Here's a list of the best-selling PS4 games. Because I had this up for a while, but I'm going to interject this. Number one, Grand Theft Auto V sold two, uh, 20, 20 million copies. Makes sense. Grand Theft Auto V came out in 2014. It was on the PS3, Xbox 360, came out on PS4, Xbox One. Right, it is now but, going to the PS5 and Xbox Series X. But right, the most important this is part the of this puzzle, it's on the PC and has been for a long time. Yes. And this is one of the best-selling PS4 games. <laughs> and now we have um, underneath it, this is a PS4 exclusive, uh, Uncharted 4 sold $16 million. It's a good game. 2016. And that one truly yes, is exclusive. A, yes, that one is 100% exclusive. And then you go down the next one, this is where it gets interesting. Call of Duty Black Ops 3, 15 oh, million. No. Oh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2, 14 million. Ooh. Call of Duty World at War 2, 13.4 million. Marvel Spider Man, which is a PS4 exclusive, 13.2 million. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the exclusives, just the exclusives, also God of War's underneath uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, the God of War, which is an exclusive, um, the dates on them, Uncharted 4 was 2016, Marvel's Spider-Man, which is number 6, is 2018. Daniel, Daniel, you, you need to think of some bias. This is a bestseller of all time list. So no, bestseller of, of PlayStation 4. Yes. Only but, PlayStation but yes, 4. But the, the highest numbers on that list will be the good games that came out on or before PS4's release date. Because 
if a good game on PS4 came out a year ago, it's only been selling for a year as opposed to some of these games. It's just, yeah, you're like, yes, these are all older games, but that's because a good game that just came out will not have been like, listen to all like what we're saying. Like, we're not going to buy a game like immediately when it comes out unless we're like really into it. We wait. Oh, that got reviewed really well. I guess I'll put it on my list, eventually pick it up. Like there's a big lag. So like, yes, these are those, those dates are older games for the PS4, Mm -hmm. but that's because on a like, like sales over like a grand total sales on that console, they've been out the longest for people to buy as opposed to a game that came out more recently. I still want to hear Dan out on this. Like he's, he's going, going somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. And then we got, uh, let me get the fun ones. FIFA eighteen. Yeet that. That's number eight. Number nine, The Witcher three. That's not an exclusive. Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us, tied for ten at ten million. All right. Okay. So, so what was your Last point? of Us two thousand fourteen. Horizon Zero Dawn, 2017. Mm-hmm. Let, let me uh, ask you this. Number the, 14. When you say The Last of Us, that's the remastered version of the PS3 yes. game, correct? Correct. That is the remastering. Sold 10 million. So what's your point? <laughs> when your brain just dies. <laughs> flop. It happens sometimes. Well, my point Shit, is... called my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, games for the PlayStation 4, a huge number of them that did well were not exclusive to the PS4. Yeah, which ones of those were exclusive? Uh, Uncharted exclusive? 4. It's, it's all here. Uncharted 4, exclusive. Marvel Spider-Man exclusive. Okay. God of, of the War top exclusive. 10, of which there are technically 11. So we the have top a tie 10, at 10. The places 1, 3, 4, 5, 8, and 9 one, three, are four, all five, eight, non-exclusives. So for the half PS4. Of them because there's 11, so it doesn't break even. And 10, yeah, 10 is. So three. half of the right. top selling games are exclusive and the other half are not. Not. Right. Okay. Are we starting to see kind of an end to uh, game exclusivity? Well, I mean, exclusivity you know, a little bit, limits yeah. a exclusivity limits a market see, because see, you're putting a entry fee into having access to certain games. Now, that's not a bad idea if the games on the other side are appealing enough. However, in a day and age in which people have gone to PCs and there's a huge collection of games available, your game has to be something exceedingly special to really compete in in this world. And Grand Theft Auto V, yeah, was, you know, was a knock em out of the park, you know, open world, huge game. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 was another huge, massive game. So, But those were not exclusives. Yeah. On Continue. No, go, go, go. Finish your, finish your bit. I just want to... Go to games like Marvel Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, in this group of all these different people, who's played Marvel Spider-Man or was interested in it when it came out? I was interested. Okay, you were interested. Hen? No, no interest. Adam? Not really, but then not my favorite I, game. 
I literally looked at it for two seconds, went, oh, cool. It's just like all the other Spider-Man games, but better graphics. No, actually, it did. It was much better than most of those other Spider-Man games. It had I heard it had a really good storyline and whatnot, but I just looked at it and went, People oh, geez, that's so that game. cool, but I can't get it unless I pay an entry fee of freaking whatever PS4 is these days. Around 300. 300 I have to pay an entry fee of $300 before I can pay another freaking $50 to play the it's game. It's 20 right now. Oh, it's 20 so Okay. Select. So I have to pay $320 to play Marvel's Spider-Man, which at the end of the day, you're like, are there other freaking games I could play that are like that? And like you're like back in the early games of the war games of the war war of the games war of the consoles console wars right back then games that were exclusive that entry fee there was there was no experience like it so paying that entry fee for that experience plus being guaranteed that there'd be more to come was really enticing and these days the fact that games are just to degree not bringing forth anything new to the table unlike horizon zero dawn that brought something new to the table which yes intrigued us but there's so many games for the playstation 4 that just kind of went you know like right by us that they notice like half the exclusives were what sold half the non-exclusives were what sold on playstation 4 and half were exclusives that sold on the playstation 4 Right. And that, that ends my bit. Um, discuss. <laughs> so Go ahead, Adam. what I was going to cut in with is to the original point about um, our exclusives going away. I think so. And I want to actually trace this back to our discussion about the fifth generation and how it was decided by third party developers. Nintendo, of course, holds most of its own property. It's a lot of develop it has a lot of exclusives to itself yeah um, and it still does it's still sell, sailing high on its uh exclusives that's the one exception to this rule yeah you don't see nintendo going to steam but yeah but that's the point like i i think that nintendo lost a lot of its third-party developers during the whole oh, yeah. the whole you know n64 gamecube um even starting with the snes with mortal kombat like yeah, they they lost a lot of their um, their third party developers during that era, and so they maintain mostly first uh, well not mostly but you know a lot of first party IP and therefore a lot of exclusives. But Sony and Microsoft have never really had like third party. Ex- uh, they've had third party exclusives, but they don't have very many, if any first-party exclusives. <coughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, Nintendo makes a lot of its own games. Yeah. Um, Sony and Microsoft do not, which means that that from their perspective, yeah, they'd like a ton of exclusives that they could have them, but to get those exclusives, they have to sign some very nice deal with that game studio to make them stay exclusive, where now it's easy enough to just, like, make your game and then code it for a whole bunch of systems, and from a game studio, studio from a game maker's perspective from a third party developer's perspective they can make a lot more money 
by selling it across multiple platforms, they hit a wider audience. And so yeah. they so like to because Xbox and Microsoft and Sony never made a lot of their own games and still don't, it's hard for them to hold on to third party exclusives because they have to have very um, tight relationships or pretty juicy deals with those third parties to get them to stay exclusive when there's so much more money to be, you know, put it on PC, mm-hmm. put it on all the consoles, you know, like they, the, the third parties can make so much more that it has to be a pretty juicy deal for them to stay exclusive to a single system now because it's easier to just, you know, shotgun it. It's like I'm saying. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing it die off for non-Nintendo because Nintendo basically just has its first parties. I mean, it has. I, that's not entirely true, but like, like Nintendo makes games and a game system to play them on. Yep. Sony and Microsoft make game systems. They don't actually themselves make all that many games. They just make the system. And I think that's like the difference in model that we're seeing there is is what's causing this. And because like Nintendo's kind of and since that time, Nintendo sort of veered off on its own, and it's it's not really competing with Xbox and so and Sony because with Xbox and PlayStation. And I think the biggest reason for that overall is, or the reason they're not really in competition follow me here this is a little weird but is that is that sony and microsoft are competing to be the console you have but are essentially fighting like most of the games half the best sellers like half of the games or more you play on your console will be available elsewhere so they're fighting to be the thing you play games on okay like they're Mm -hmm. trying to like fight with each other about buy this so you can play you know games on it and it's better because of these technical specs that's why you want to be playing your games on this console instead of these others well nintendo is more like we're making all these wonderful games and we're selling them to you and we also and you're going to need this console to play them but they're making the games and the console they're not just making like Sony and Microsoft are competing in, we want to be the console that you play your games on. And Nintendo's over here, we're making games and the console to play them on. And so it's almost like a different market share now. Like like Sony and Microsoft have sort of lost their exclusives. They're sort of a platform on which you play games. When Nintendo's like, here's you know this gaming platform, and yes, you can play other games on it. The Switch has really picked up a lot of stuff, but they're also like, and the, all these games we make that you probably want to play are are on here. So, like for them, it makes sense to have a ton of exclusives because it's all their consoles. They want to sell their consoles, so it's like a synergistic because it's all their IP, and so you know that's how nin- Nintendo does it. But these these other two are not working on the same model anymore that nintendo is and so i think that's that's why they're not in competition anymore it's because they've sort of the model is different it's not even the target audience necessarily it's just like the model by which they're they're operating has become so different now and that's i think a very interesting distinction i think it harkens back to like how nintendo like eventually split up basically saw you know i i assume 
and this is an assumption, but Nintendo basically saw like Atari and Sega and all these other companies that we could bring up that were not as successful, like dying on the ropes during that, you know, coming through towards the Wii, like 64 to GameCube. And they're like sliding down and they're like, they're, they're, they started very high, you know, on the mountain here and they're watching all these other people. They're all sliding down the hill. But Nintendo started enough higher that they're looking the people that are sliding down the same hill, but they started lower, falling off the cliff into oblivion. And they're like, we need to change course. Like, and they had enough time and, you know, they, they were far enough up the hill that they had time to like, we got it. This is not the course. And like, tr- you know, shifted over to like a different, you know, tangential, but different area almost like that was that's kind of the analogy i see it. like they had time you to know, course correct and they're kind of off on their own now as compared to these other two which are com- kind of reflected in um in the code names up until the wii like um i i don't know what the code name for the nes or snes was but the uh nintendo 64 was ultra 64 just another word for like oh it's better and then the gamecube was dolphin i don't know why it was dolphin but like you said, they saw the need to change course, and then they codenamed their Wii Revolution. So, yeah, just to give you some credence for that claim. Yeah, and so so basically, basically, I think that Microsoft and Sony, with their Xbox and PlayStation, are competing over a very very similar market share, and there's not a lot of exclusives left between them. Um. And I do want. I, I also want to point out that, like Jeff was saying, it's not exclusive to the PS5 specifically. It's PS4 and PS5. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of people that like still have a PS3, or, um, you know, are never had a PlayStation, had an Xbox, had something else, or like are just are, are coming up as a kid now, or are looking for like their first system, they would then move towards like a PS5, like, and then in that case, if you don't have a PS4, those are still Sony exclusive. You must buy a Sony system to play them. I, I did fail to mention, by the way, that the Xbox Series X is backwards compatible with all generations of Xbox. All Xbox? Well, like, it's selective backwards compatibility, well, so I don't know how, how, how well you mean? know this, but the Xbox One X is backwards compatible with a large selection of Xbox 360 and Xbox original games. How, the Xbox what do you series, mean by, like, how is it, like, I can stick that disc in there and play it? Yes. Um, okay. I think that it downloads a digital version of that game that is kind of not built for, but optimized for Xbox One. Well, that makes sense. They'd have to you know, optimize um, for hardware. So it's not all games. Like, it's. I think it's like roughly half of all of those games are backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Uh, Xbox One and Xbox like for One. for free, X. you put in the disc and then it's like, oh, you have this. We'll yeah. download the... Yeah. Okay, that's to... cool. And the Xbox Series X is backwards compatible with everything that the Xbox One X is backwards compatible with. Okay. I did fail to mention that. I'm sorry. That no, that, that's things. fine. What's the... Way to fuck and, up, Jeff. So God P- damn PS5 it. is just compatible <laughs> to P- backwards compatible to PS4? Yes. Okay. Oh. They may offer some streaming for the PlayStation 3. PlayStation 4 does that, but as Ooh. in terms of backwards compatibility, like, straight up, it's only backwards compatible with PS4 and Xbox Series X backwards compatible with a large amount of 
all existing Xbox games. So one other point I want to bring up real quick before like Hen cuts in here is that let, let me take a second to point out the walls of our echo chamber. One Mississippi. <laughs> Two Mississippi. <laughs> Doth I hear a third. Stuff it or I'll stuff you on Black Friday like the Thanksgiving turkey I'm not going to be able to do the day before. Ooh, <laughs> daddy, put it in. Oh, no. Anyway. Oh, no. We're the, losing um, it. Everybody Anyway, the, uh... <laughs> We all have quote-unquote gaming PCs, or PCs capable of running a game up to a certain point. Like, we can play games on our PCs. We do play games on our PCs quite a lot, all of us. We do? Like, Henry and Daniel have, like, tower PCs that, you know, maybe they're a little older now, but at one point could, like, just mulch any game that had been made. Um, I stream games? What? Let me finish, Daniel. The point is, we <laughs> all have a PC capable of playing games and and see our PCs as things we can play games on. Other people don't have that perspective. They might just have like a chintzy little laptop that's really just to check email or like basic Chromebooks. stuff. Or they, yeah, Chromebooks. Or they exist off of like a tablet or they live on oh, their iPhone in essence for all that stuff. Like maybe they maybe they have one at work or they but they don't like play games. It's not like their home gaming setup. Like they have a TV at home and it has like a, you know it's got Netflix on or something. For them, a console is like that's their gaming thing. They like they would like we all have PCs and think of like oh yeah well if it's on PC why would I get it on a console? There are many people who they're only gaming device the only thing they they you know excluding like whatever like phone games they play or whatever they're only like gaming device like they'd sit down and play like a triple a major release title is whatever console that they currently have and that's it they don't buy they don't they don't have a pc that's on that level that they would do work on so like i, I think that we come across as very very pc ma- master race jaded whatever in that sense, because we all have PCs, but I want to point out that I think that there is some bias here that we all have PCs that do play a lot of these games where there are people that don't have, like, like I said, Chromebooks or, you know, whatever that aren't going to be playing much of anything. Um, sure, I think that does play a large role. And so I, I think that, that there is still a market there. Like we sound very doom and gloom. There's no exclusives. How, why would we ever buy that? And it's like, well, if like, essentially our only gaming thing was these systems, you know, and we wanted, you know, that would be a thing. Like I can definitely see that being a reason to buy it in that, but you know, we have our own little echo chamber where we're like, we all have PCs, but like, I do want to point out that there are people that don't, don't want them and would prefer to have just a console to do their gaming on. Truth be told, I'm the closest thing to uh, a console plebeian that we have here. (laughs) I have a PC, but I play next to no games on it. Well, you do play, like, you emulate stuff, and you do stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's, but yeah, like, that's true. But, and then let me point out that, that, like, emulating older games is not difficult, really, but it is... No, I mean, I can do it on my 3DS. Yeah, but it requires some amount of technical know-how. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I don't mean that in the sense of, like, it's actually all that complicated like you can very much follow the step-by-step guide and get there it's not hard but like you 
you have to understand that it's possible and like understand that you are that, that it's like you have to understand that it's possible and that you can do it and and that it's not like there are a lot of people who would like like well I emulate games on my PC and they think you know you're you're like that's like an insanely difficult you know coding intensive task to to pull that off and it's not but like that's could many people have that perception? I mean, making the emulators. Making the emulators is definitely, I <laughs> think. But nowadays, people, you know, we can use other people's emulators. The, to, the, but. All we do is just download an emulator, pick a ROM, and have at it. Yeah, so exactly. Like, like those, I'm not saying we're doing the emulation, like, but I like, like, yeah. But when people think of video game emulation, they think of the actual coding to make mm-hmm. the emulator and don't realize that, like, like, I, I also want to say that, like, um, like we do a lot of that kind of stuff, and other people will be like, "You can do that." Yeah, that's true. You so can? like, what? Uh, uh, like we are very, uh, I would say, very tech savvy. We have an IT person, two engineers, and Daniel. Um, <laughs> and, and, Damn, shots fired! <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't come up with a, it was something to say for about short notice. My brain <laughs> blanked. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Daniel started out college going for computer programming. Computer so like he's not he is tech savvy. Like I didn't mean that to come across like shots fired, but like now but one one thing that is nice <clears throat> about consoles, uh especially at a, a multiplayer um standpoint, is uh hackers in a sense. Uh specifically for like Call of Duty people who use like wall hacks and aimbot and all that kind of shit. It's a lot harder to have uh someone hacking using one like being on a console because then they have to modify the physical hardware of the console in order to be able to do it. At right. least that's a how it was for older people. Yeah, and so if you've never yeah. experienced how to do it on a computer, it could seem like monstrously difficult. Yeah. PC is a simple, oh, I'll download this application, and then it's just running in the background doing what it needs to. It's so much easier and simpler for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of games have now implemented like an anti-cheat search engine kind of thing, but I'm sure they have workarounds for that because whatever, well, th- they know that, what it's looking a, for. That's a classic arms race. Like They try and create yeah. a better, and then they figure out what they did, and so they figure out a way to search for it. Yeah, that's the class. But that's... <clears throat> The point, uh, point I'm trying to say is that, like, um, we're our whole perspective is like between the four of us, we could like, given several years, you know, locked locked in a small room for several years with a great deal of paper. Between the four of us, we could figure out how to build a computer and program it from the ground up. It would be nothing like a modern computer, but, like, we could get, like, a little 8-bit system knocked together if we had a couple, like, theoretically, we have the technical know-how between the three of us, but, with, with you know, Tanri has some co- has coding expertise, and, like, I know how a chip is made. Jeff has more of the structural of electrical. Like, between the four, like, we have that sort of knowledge. So, like, we are relatively tech-savvy. We're not genius coders by any stretch of the imagination. Well, Henry is. Well, Wait, we're not? We can give nope. that to Like, Henry can do coding more than, <laughs> like, we do some coding. Like, we understand the idea. Like, I, that ain't true. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little facetious. To make facetious a long story there. short, the like, point we're, is, in a, we're coming we're in a different from a very place tech- than, like, a uh, console gamer would be like we're we're far from being just reliant on consoles so our opinions like, on the console race is going to be a little different than yeah, someone like we see a console their main machine is their playstation yeah 4 it's or fucking 5. stupid <laughs> we see a console as like a 
inflexible gaming computer in essence like we could we could build a gaming computer that has build i mean like buy in the parts and assemble a computer that has those specs or significantly better than those specs and do a lot more with it and have a lot more options that's how we see it looking at a console but like to steal a quote from one of my electronics professors most people see it as the magic box out of which stuff comes and if smoke comes out of the magic box you have to run to the micro e to put the smoke back in the magic box like <laughs> um to steal a quote from my electrical engineering professors um like like that's how most people see it and yeah we have a slightly different you know we're slight uh, slightly more tech savvy we're no by no means geniuses at this type of stuff we're like super you know into like all the nitty-gritty and details but like and we see ourselves as not into the nitty gritty and details and sort of it fought one far removed from all that sort of technical stuff most of the time when it comes to gaming. But to a lot of people, we're wading in hip deep in crocodile infested waters. So just, just to like, because <laughs> I feel like love. the last few conversations have sounded very echo chamber. We were all like, yes, we don't see how these consoles can exist without their, without more exclusive games, some big draw. Understand they do have other purposes and other people will see them significantly differently. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Like, so, yeah, I, I honestly think that a lot of the conversation for how uh, consoles are starting to become irrelevant, uh, I'll admit I, I've been one to drink the Kool-Aid on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, but, no. But, you know, that Here's kind my of narrative membership. is driven Here's my by funny people hat. Who, who, like Adam said, have a PC accessible. And, you know, we see it, and a lot of people say YouTube influencers, they see it like, we have a PC, why, why do, what's the point anymore? But like Adam pointed out, a lot of people are not in that same boat. So take what we say here with a grain of salt. In other words. In other words, I wanted to point out the bias in our perspective before we got too deep. Now, let's go back to smacking up on the consoles. I got my stick ready. Well, I mean, I would <laughs> say that I'd agree with you, but we're at two hours and 40 minutes, my friend. Oh, never mind. Dang it. Well, put the stick away. Yeah. We'll save that, <laughs> put the stick away. We'll, we'll save that stick for later. But, well, well, first, let's hand Ooh. the stick over to Henry. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he deserves, he deserves some a remarks. shot on this. I'm just sitting over what, here. What, the, the newest gen consoles? Or yeah, like, the, what newest, the newest, the newest, the stuff that just came out, the PS5 and the <laughs> Xbox alphanumeric soup. I mean, I think it's just hot shit at this point. <laughs> I mean, like what? There were those videos of like the new fucking Xbox already having smoke billowing out of it. I think it was like a hoax for the most part, mm-hmm. but if it is true, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, we're going to release a console that could just catch fire like that? That's psychotic. That's just asking I mean, to bring I, down people's I, I, I houses on Christmas it's, Day. I don't think it's catching fire, but elect- electronics can smoke because if you overheat the chip, the plastic will start to emit have smoke. Have you seen how much smoke was coming out of this No, videos? I haven't seen that video. I have cooked <laughs> microchips before by wiring a board wrong, or my personal favorite, in my final practicum, I was given a chip that was defective because I had it hooked. It was a very simple chip. I had it hooked up perfectly. I had the, I had the professor check afterward because I was like, how did I burn up like all these chips? He goes, well, this limiter chip is defective. Apparently is a defective. And I was just like, 
it, it, there's quite a lot of smoke that comes out of apparently nowhere. Little teeny chip. A lot of yeah, smoke. Yeah, but that's if, that's if it's defective, right? Like, yeah, that was... I, which is even more concerning. <laughs> yes. Well, no, like, the single chip was defective, and w- there was one little defect, but then because it was linked into all the other chips, it cooked several of them in one shot. But if if... Once again, if that is the case, then they're releasing a product that is defective yeah, no. in some way, form, or fashion that is clearly causing issues. Yeah, no, all I'm saying is it's not necessarily, like, it could be putting out a lot of smoke and not actually catching fire. Like, yeah, if the you point dump is something. it doesn't work. Yeah, and, the, the, yeah the point, it's, it's, you, still de- paying- it's still defective. It's still very bad. But like you're saying, it literally <laughs> catches fire. I'm like... It could just be smoking a lot. Like you'd have to pour something very ignitable over could it to ju- get it. Like, and to go back to that consumer's perspective, like what are they going to think when they <laughs> I know, see it? Like, like I'm a saying, it might not actually be t- like fire. catching fire is another step up from smoking for me. But like the to the normal consumer, it, it's all bad. Like it's just like, <laughs> microwave. Put, please put the smoke back in my Magic Xbox. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as of right now, I think Sony is probably the best one for the consoles current. I mean, if you count the Switch, the Switch is going to be far and ahead. Well, it has a three-year lead, so like it when when the when yeah. the sync times are off, we can't really judge until it's all said. No, and I done. know, but I'm just saying, like in general, like if since it is, I guess technically this gen console, it's it's just gonna do better overall in my eyes for like what they have. Even for like exclusive titles and not even exclusive titles, like everything, like the the, the titles that they have going to the Switch are really good. Mm-hmm. Like the, and, there's just been really good titles being released consistently, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I do want to say that the main gimmick of the Switch is also what makes it more appealing to me than a modern day console. Like yeah. taking my system with me wherever I go, yeah. even to the point of just sitting on the couch, not wanting to turn on the TV. I've done that a lot. It, yeah, it's just it's nice. A much it's more, nice to have the option. Yeah. Right. It's a much more exciting proposition to me than any of these modern consoles are. Like, yeah. I, I can't be bothered to get excited about the PS5 and the Xbox Series X which when is I got why the Switch. I, I think that is it, vastly different. Which is why I think it was a brilliant move because it appeals to people like you or I. It appeals to people like us more because we like we have a – we like – the question we always ask is why would we want this, you know, console instead of a gaming PC? Well, a gaming PC is more expensive. Say you already have one. Why don't we just buy like a new graphics card? Like, why don't we just upgrade our current gaming PC, buy a new piece of accoutrement? Like, like, like that's the question we ask when we see these consoles. Like, so why would we get them instead of just upgrading or getting gaming or getting computer, getting a normal computer? And, and then you look at the Switch, switch and the Switch category. actually has reasons like that we find compelling. I'm not going to say it's in a different league, but it's certainly in a different category. And yeah, that it, makes it yeah. stand out in my mind. Yeah, and, and that... I, mean, it, yeah. It, I think they were just in a good spot overall. I think, especially like for a considerable while. As long as the hardware can hold up with it, the new gen shit, then I think Nintendo's going to be set for, for some time with all this. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the one uh, I think the the comparison, it's it's like one of those. It's like there's like Sony and Microsoft and there's Nintendo. And the comparison that keeps coming to my mind is like um, you know that old question: Would you rather have it so that every other vacation you took was an absolute disaster, but the others 
Like 50% of the vacations you took were an absolute disaster. But the other 50% were like the best vacations ever. Everything goes right and they're perfect. Or would you rather have like just sort of medium vacations all the time? Nothing ever super exciting, but nothing really terrible. And that's, that's the like, uh, that's the, that's like the, the Sony Microsoft, like Sony and Microsoft run that we want the medium vacation at all times. And, and Nintendo's like, no, we're going for it. Sometimes they face plant. Sometimes it's brilliant. And it just sort of seesaws back and forth. But you're always going to remember the goods and the bads. Like you were, the mediums are just going to blend together. I know. Exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking earlier when we were going through all the was Like the Xboxes, I can never remember which one is which because they don't like the PS4, the PS, the PlayStations I can remember because PlayStation, PlayStation 2, I 3, 4, four. Like, like they're clearly. Hey man, <laughs> it's easy and simple. I like it. Fuck whatever Microsoft's going like, they're doing all these, And they also just blend together. But then you come over to Nintendo and you're like, they're like, there was this, then you're, then you're like, ah, yes, there's the GameCube with the tiny discs and the, you know, spearhead controller. And then and there was the, the Wii with the, there's literally a GameCube. Flailing nunchucks like everywhere. And then Wii U, why did we add a tablet to this console? And then you'll switch with the brilliant mobile, like, like each one is distinct and sticks out in my mind for the, <laughs> the Nintendo ones because of that. The like the Xboxes and the Playstations are like the Playstations like was it one or two or like well it was before this one, so it must have been that one. You can figure out by the numbers and the Xbox it was something. Like I can't I can't keep them straight. They're just kinda all bleh. So Yeah. But um Yeah. Honestly besides take like taking the Switch out of the the race for this kind of thing, I think Sony might be in a really good spot compared to Microsoft, especially with the discless like reduced memory size on the Xbox version. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think their main kind of what they're going for there is trying to get you to be an Xbox Game Pass member, and that that goes back to our stream, uh, our stream discussion. Yeah, our game streaming. Yeah, I guess, it's but just, it's I don't still like not it. optimal. No, it's not optimal. The fucking bandwidth, blah blah blah. Same shit we mentioned before. It's just. I don't, I just don't think that that's the move that or they're just like giving up and they're just pushing more towards PC oriented shit. Cause once again, they don't really have any exclusives for this, for their console. It, it's console and PC usually. Yeah. And it's like, all right, guess that's what they're going with, which is fine. Cool with me. I have a PC, be able to do it. Plus the prices. Fuck that. I'd rather just fucking buy a new graphics card for my PC instead of buying a new console every fucking like four years. And my graphics card lasts for like twice that duration. And it's like almost the same price, maybe a little bit more expensive, depending on which one I go with. I mean, last I last I checked and this is this was like a month ago. I was looking at PC parts just for well, there's a lot of reasons, but like top of the line so like a really really good probably more than you really need graphics card but we're not talking like you know are we talking like 3070 like yeah 3070 is not expensive we're talking about nice convertible level of graphics card not f1 car level of graphics card so like really nice car is probably 500 dollars four five hundred i think the 370 is about 500 600 right yeah. Like six, six, seven hundred ish. Yeah, it's not that bad. So like a no, for really what not. it is. Yeah, for like so for a re- like like I said like a like n- not like I'm gonna like space shuttle level astronomically great graphics card, but for a very good graphics card is as much as one of these consoles. I mean, it would probably also help that if, if they weren't all sold out currently. 
but you know. Yeah. But like small things. The point I'm trying to say is that yeah, if if you're upgrading a PC, like so say you over this time like it adds up like you're gonna run this pc for 10 years like that's two three consoles you're gonna be going through in that time depending on your spec like it's probably more expensive initially but then also you're not just using it for gaming that's like a side that's like that you know you're doing a lot of this jeff how much so how much is there is one of the new gen consoles 500 500 in essence 500 bucks Mm -hmm. 3070 rtx graphics card new egg 539 dollars so if you're a PC like, gamer, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, 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 and ev- you, just a slight touch backwards compatible for everything with PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like current gen games comes out on PC. Cool, can play it. Everything pretty much like previous for from like I don't even know what could reliably run on a PC anymore. I think Roller Coaster Tycoon Two. Yeah, right. The uh, maybe like. PS2 era games and older can run on PC emulators fine. It depends on where emulators stand. Actually, there's like what PS3 uh, Breath of the Wild can run. Seamir. Wii, Wii, Wii U, I think, right? Yep. For Breath Wii of the U. Wild. Yep. So, I think there's a Switch emulator too. There might be. I'm not 100% sure. Haven't looked at emulators in a while. But like, you're just gonna saying, get a lot more PS3, bang for your buck in the PC, yeah. I think. Wii U PS3 era shit, able to play it on PC, backwards compatibility. There it is. You got it all. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. But yeah. And, and you could use any form of controller you want, too, to oh, play the games. because such a benefit. Because it's all mappable, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. because it's an application. You just tell it what button does what. It's All right. Well, we are hitting a lot of good topics that I really want to dive deep into later. How so I, I think <laughs> A little oh, teaser for next we time. We are nearly at the three-hour mark, gentlemen. Yeah, so it is time to us, wrap it up. Yes, so finish. I have. That's I actually fine. have a, a conclusion statement here. I was going to say. I, no. I think that um, that's going to wrap this up. I think that maybe next week, um, or in our next podcast, we can take our backup topic about backwards compatibility and run with that and kind of continue this conversation slash take it in a slightly new direction we were drifting towards. Ooh, lift. Leave them on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Tune in next time. Actually, next time might be something special, but yeah. We'll so see. our next regularly scheduled podcast. Can we pick up on? Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think that unfortunately there's a lot more to talk about, but we'll we'll get back to it. We will get back to it. <laughs> I'm just vibing now, out over here. We'll just stream eventually. Yeah. But for <laughs> now, this is where we're gonna have to leave it, guys. So that's our thoughts on the gaming uh console wars and uh and a lot more i guess <laughs> so i think thanks if, for if, thank you very much for listening in guys yep thanks. um Woo. so thanks I, I i do want to uh, do our normal stuff that we do at the end here daniel mm-hmm. you have a twitch channel you yes, were talking I have about a, streaming uh, I have in a twitch channel a couple minutes probably <laughs> okay i can talk yeah you can talk now <laughs> you can talk now yes i have a twitch channel my name is uh, Dance Warrior 777. You can come on over to Twitch and check me out. I usually stream on Fridays after this broadcast. Though I think I'm going to take a slight nap before I, uh, I jump into this stream, especially after a three hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan. Yep, and uh, <laughs> recharge my batteries. So give him a follow over there, guys. Very entertaining streamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. yes, 
And I am and the... If, ye- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say as... No, no, you should go, then I should say what I'm going to say. You know? All right, well, I am the Yoshi fanatic on YouTube. If you want to... If you want to watch my streams, I stream mostly Nintendo content, and every once in a while I'll, I'll be putting out a video. I'm working on one that's comparing Yoshi's Woolly World and Yoshi's Crafted World. Asking the question, is Yoshi's Woolly World really better than Yoshi's Crafted World? I'll get it done eventually, so stay tuned for that, guys. Yoshi Fanatic on YouTube. And if you like the topics that we have discussed during this and want us to either elaborate on a specific topic or to continue this one on, please comment us with your questions and things that interest you, and we will try to incorporate them into this podcast, make this experience as satisfying and catered to you as possible. Interactive. As interactive Interactive. as possible. And I was going to say, and I'm I'm sort of my final note here, I just want to say I think this was a very critical podcast podcast to get done so that we can reference it just like we've referenced even in this one we referenced a couple (laughs) others we did this is one of those baseline ones like where we can now bring this stuff up as point of discussion without having to have a 10 minute run up to it yes uh one more very important thing i i wanted to uh go ahead and mention before we wrap this up uh our audio only podcasts are now available uh I actually just got an email from uh, uh, from our distribution from Blue site. Blue Yeti, yes, yes, sponsorships. No, our our podcasts are now available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Did you just so, say Stitcher? Stitcher. What the beep is Stitcher? It, it was actually the fourth or fifth biggest uh, podcast streaming site. I was going to say, Daniel, how do you not know? St- I would thought he would comment. Okay. So go ahead. And I live on Twitch. Maybe cut this mean? little bit out at the end there, Jeff. That was so, embarrassing. So go ahead I, and uh, I, and uh, <laughs> check out the Gaming Corner podcast on those sites. Whatever podcast platform you want to look us up on, go ahead and look. Maybe we're there. So, if you want the audio-only podcast, feel free to check us out there. And the video version of the podcast is on YouTube at Volatile Upgrade. So, check us out there, too, guys. And with that, I think that's that's all I've got to say. Adam, Henry, any last thoughts? No, and fuck you. I want turkey! Me, too. Turkey Day coming up. All right, guys. Alrighty, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast. We'll catch you next time here on the Game Corner Podcast. Later, nerds. Toodles.